0: Hi, I'm Ben, and I'm Zach, and for the 100th time, welcome to the movie vault. Mm. It's been quite a journey, but I won't get too sentimental, and we'll get straight into the episode. Today. I hope that you start crying at least twice. I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to cry, but it is, it is pretty crazy. Did you, Zach, when, mm. when we started, did you think we'd get to 100? Yeah, of course. I think once you get past like 10, then you're kind of locked in to get to at least 100. 100 yeah maybe there was one podcast i followed a long time ago that i liked maybe it was one of the first podcasts i really got into and it it ended at 100 episodes i think Uh, they like it kind of just like ran out of steam like it kind of had its moment it like peaked in the 40s 50s 60s (laughs) and then kind of went down and the people kind of split directions well we haven't peaked yet no, I mean, I hope we haven't peaked yet. <laughs> well, if we have peaked, what, what would our peak even be?
1: <laughs> that's not a peak. That's like a mount, little, uh, what do you call it? Like just a like speed a bump? <laughs> 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 yeah, we
0: haven't peaked. So you, the great thing about being so low is you can only go up. That That's a good point. Mm-hmm. And one thing I think about is when we started this, we were so young, and we're still not that old. So... A lot of uh, respect that's gained in being like a, cr- a critic of any kind is like maturity. So the more you mature, the more, I think, actually people like respect your opinion. Because when was Roger Ebert the most popular? I mean, when he was about to die, probably. After his cancer. Yeah. When yeah. you could look back on his whole history of like all of the stuff that he had done, and then like, wow, this guy really knows a lot about movies, so I can really like uh, respect his opinion.
1: Really, that- we're just cataloging our ideas so that we can say that we've done some things yeah basically building a portfolio
0: it's like a vocal journal kind of in a sense
1: it's like an archive
0: of our of of our thoughts it was funny i I was re-listening to our first episode and there was a lot of like awkward moments i think one time you said coitus and (laughs) uh I can't remember what else happened that was that stuck out to me though that stuck out to me but but uh but there was a few moments where I was like wow we we said some really like uh there were some thoughts there that were actually met something you know and we were we were like a little scared to talk about things too like I think now I'm a little bit more free with like the topics that were discussed we were trying to like dance around things in the beginning, but now we're I, you know, when I started, I, I never thought I was like, we'll, we'll just have to never review taxi driver, but right now, I th- feel like I'd be able to review taxi driver and be like comfortable doing it, and it wouldn't feel weird. But at the beginning, I think it did.
1: Why did it? Why would it have felt weird? I don't
0: know. I just I wasn't I wasn't mature enough to like know how to talk about a movie like that. We still haven't reviewed it though. So we started with the B movie and we made our way up. Yeah, I mean, we started with good time, which was kind of, I mean, it, it it is an R rated movie and it, it that did have some like weird stuff like the the underage girl making out with Robert Pattinson that was like the first episode is that when I brought in coitus yeah you said they didn't have coitus or something like that oh so, <laughs> so they was, didn't like, like, that was the first episode we had something like that immediately so it was good we like we like jumped right in twelve feet deep into well having to talk about controversial subject matter in honor of a well, hundred
1: episodes I'll bring back the coitus somewhere in this episode oh that that'd be awesome
2: yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: But as the 100th, we thought it would be fitting to do something grand, as we did for our 50th anniversary, which was uh, Infinity War and Endgame, kind of the, the groundbreaking blockbuster films that came out in 2018 and 2019, respectively. So this is the 1977, uh, 1980, 1983, right? Yep. Trilogy of Star Wars. Obviously, probably the biggest franchise of all time uh, to ever have existed. Maybe the biggest movies of all time um arguably uh i don't know what could compete um but anyway they were groundbreaking of their at their time so it's obviously star wars was called star wars at the time it's been rebranded as a new hope which then came uh empire strikes back and then return of the jedi in that order so we have just kind of gone through we actually just finished return of the jedi together Mm -hmm. and We're going to do all three films in this episode, so if you've already seen the runtime, then you know that it's probably a little bit longer than normal. Um, So We'll also kind of just go into the whole Star Wars ethos, and kind of the the surrounding themes and uh, shows and um, movies that kind of uh, surround this uh, really, really, really expansive franchise. And we'll kind of go into how it came to be a little bit, and its effect on things, and just the rise and fall because it really is it's fluctu- it fluctuates.
0: Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> so I, I think one of the things that I try to do going into rewatching these and really I think on the scale of things, I probably have only seen all the Star Wars movies like a couple times. Some people have probably seen them you know, 40, 50, 60 times in their life because they're just on all the time. I had kind of a different background. Didn't really watch them as much as a little kid. Kind of followed the like, read the books and stuff. Not the books like the novels, just like facts about star wars it was like something (laughs) i was always drawn to so it was like a weird order to do things in i think i did watch like the first one when i was like six and then took me a while to watch the next two watch them so i maybe am like nostalgic for star wars in like a weird different way than other people but uh have always like liked it but this time i tried to go in and not think about it just think about it as these three movies isolated and try as little to think about uh the prequels or the sequels and just think of it like i was watching it for the first time in the 1970s and 80s um and that's a cool way to watch it if you can somehow turn your brain off i mean every once in a while it references something that you think of the prequels especially well, we had but, said
1: this as we were watching it but yeah there was just like a one shot of this random robot in the background and we're like there's probably a book about that yeah that's you know? true he probably has a children and a wife and wife and a. And uh, just a whole backstory He probably committed some crimes to get there and has a sad, uh, sad story that led up to that. But none of us really care or know if we just watch these three films, which we just did. I enjoyed it so much better than when I was thinking about the expansive universe, like watching these new shows and everything. It just adds too many layers of. I don't know. It's too too connected and it kind of makes it kind of cheapens it a little bit. So watching these three and it's hard to watch it, like you said. As if we were in 1977. Yeah, that's kind of hard to do. But we tried our best to try to stimulate, simulate um, going back and just the pure Star Wars original trilogy. And we'll see kind of how our thoughts have changed on these films as we go along. But I enjoyed... This might have been the most I've enjoyed watching these films this time around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I watched them. And I also really enjoyed rewatching them. So... Star Wars started, uh, it has a long history from before, but you have to go back to George Lucas and, uh, you know, if you watch American graffiti, you're like, Oh yeah, of course, that's the guy who's going to make the most revolutionary science fiction movie of all time. Not really. Um, when I watched, uh, American graffiti, I was kind of like, wow, this is like, this is way different than than Star Wars. So obviously it was a, a passion of his and, um, you could probably read like books on exactly how he developed, I guess, according to Wikipedia, he had the idea in 1971. So that was like six years. And it was very inspired by flash Gordon, the adventure, the space adventure comics. Um, he also had a short film called THX 1138, uh, that I haven't watched, but I've seen it's on canopy and stuff. So you can watch it pretty easily. Um, but i think this kind of planned the idea in his head also if you look up what he who he was influenced by the name akira kurosawa comes up like so many times of course Yojimbo, which we are gonna have to review because it seems like it influences every movie mm-hmm. and then seven samurai and a couple of other of uh, akira kurosawa's movie and you can kind of see the like samurai undertones in uh star wars especially with the lightsabers um and then it's like he pulls aspects of eastern mysticism and maybe westerns a little bit uh which westerns and samurai movies are also kind of interconnected because mm-hmm. what were westerns inspired by akira kurosawa mm-hmm. so, so or a lot of them were um the john ford's the searchers was another movie that came up um so there's all these sorts of things you know as opposed to some other fantasy i think one of my friends was talking to me about lord of the rings and Lord of, the, Lord of the Rings was like very uh, based in like Norse and maybe Celtic or Irish yeah. I don't, mythologies like ancient mythologies and then like Tolkien's obsession with creating a language and then making a world for that language so it wasn't so and it, w- it was made to be a book so I think Star Wars is unique in that it's like a purely movie inspired uh, fantasy world. Yeah, Maybe actually first one.
1: Akira Kurosawa really influenced most of this film if you think about it. Uh, I was looking into kind of like I was just curious what inspired C3PO and R2D2. And the first thing that came up is Akira Kurosawa's 1958 film The Hidden Fortress. And there are these two, there's these two uh, sidekicks called Tahi and Maratsushi and they represent the two com- comedic reliefs of the film. One of them's tall, one of them's shorter. The shorter one's a little bit sassier. The tall one's a little bit annoying. So yeah. it, it just really got into that uh, the personalities of these droids, and it, I I think a lot of stealing the best elements from those films made this film,
0: the aura of it, just amazing. And it's actually brilliant, too, because um, for most people at this time, I'm guessing the average person wouldn't know who Akira Kurosawa was at this point in time. And... I say that pretty confidently because I would venture to say the average person today doesn't know who Akira Kurosawa is. (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe uh, his movies are a little bit more known or easily accessible to everyone because of the internet. Uh, But it's not like people are going out and watching uh, maybe seven samurai got a little bit of popularity, but most of his movies weren't like being widely played in American theaters. So Lucas kind of had this like secret weapon of like, pulling this influence because it was like oh, this huge audience in America that was just like looking for this. They mm-hmm. didn't know it. And Lucas showed it to him in his sort of, I hate to say it, Tar- Tarantino esque way uh, of like recycling. You just had to, even though, uh, Tarantino came post this, but I had to, I mean, it's the hundredth episode. So, so we have to say the <laughs> cute, the QT word.
1: Sure. Uh, some other influences include flash Gordon, uh, John cater from the from Mars series. Uh, Obviously, Japanese samurai films, including Kurosawa's uh, films, but among others. Uh, Dune, a lot of that was influenced what Tatooine came out to be. The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, those books actually influenced the story arcs of some of these films. Um, just in the way that they structured them and the heroes kind of coming together. Having this band of brothers uh, that fights a, a group of bad guys that have flaws. Um, just some of those elements were included, it says. And um, The Hero with a Thousand Faces is actually by Joseph Campbell. Uh, also had a few influences on these things. So it really was a combination of eastern religions and real world history of samurai and uh, westerns and uh, uh, actual religions and (laughs) stuff like that that combining together to create this space drama really with these uh, space wizards that have these lightsaber things uh, that fight and try to balance this force that is beyond them and above them um, that goes yin yang really, uh, light and dark. And both are powerful sides and they kind of tug at each other constantly. And the balance is never the same, right? It always fluctuates. So a lot of that is influenced by you know, old Chinese, uh, Eastern, uh, and Japanese uh, religions. Knights Templar is another big influence as well, just kind of with this band of Jedi Knights that um, have this code that they stand by and they try to recruit as well. And the, the training is only for certain people. And there really is a small group that kind of are these peace warriors that... Uh, live by this strict moral code and uh, are not necessarily fighters in this in this case. They're, they they uh, have their lightsabers strictly for defense, uh, as though well many do break it in in the cycle and we can get into that. But so Star Wars is this big amalgamation somehow works in these films. Um, why do we think that Star Wars worked?
0: You know I think. It's one thing to say, oh, these are, this is a lot of good ideas, but you still have to put them all together. And I think uh, a, a real big reason why it succeeded is because of Lucas's company, Industrial Light and Magic. So a huge aspect of Star Wars uh, popularity was the effects. And you can see why, because even when you look back at them, at them now, trying to parse out, you know, you can kind of tell which ones are the remastered uh, CGI add-ins but there's still a lot of like the practical effects are showcased um and and i think that was a really big reason why the only other movie i can think of that uh was kind of like star wars was 2001 a space odyssey which did come out like nine years before star wars but it but it didn't have the plot or the characters that really would engage with most people in an audience it was much more ambiguous perhaps a bit more philosophical and just not made to be played to you know a 10 year old kid uh and for it to be engaging to them so star wars had the the plot and the characters of a movie that is engaging to people of most ages from like maybe like six or seven up um and then it also had that amazing technology and gave people the feeling that they were like in space and uh and it was an adventure an adventure film and just had all of these uh these things that people like and then to to your point like c3po and r2d2 having characters like that that are like comic relief sidekick it has that kind of like self-aware feeling to it that like we know this is like a little bit cheesy in parts but we're like leaning into it and you almost have to when you have practical effects because you almost have to acknowledge that sometimes they just don't look real but But if you acknowledge that to an extent and are okay with it, people kind of like buy into the world. Hmm. So I think promoting that buy-in and then ultimately having a good uh, plot, which I I think it's, it's not a very complicated plot. Would you, would you agree? No. It's it's its literally good versus evil. They tell you who good is and they tell you who evil is. And, uh, and they talk about that. They're like, I'm on the light side. I'm on the dark side. It's like really (laughs) obvious Uh, who you're rooting for and who you're rooting against. You get the sort of anti-hero with Han Solo, the more rugged, like, criminal guy. There's, like, politics, and there's all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's, like, a relatively simple plot. And like you said earlier, it's, like, two plots converging. um, And I'm not sure how much he had planned. I think he had kind of the plots for all three of the films planned somewhat. But I'm sure they kind of changed things as they they went on through 5 and 6. But... Yeah, especially once 5 and 6 come on it seemed like they kind of knew what they were doing because 5 didn't end on a like, the, 5 ended more like you know that there's another one coming whereas they could have just had the first Star Wars and not had the second one
1: but. Yeah, Infinity War is often equated as the Empire Strikes Back of the yes. Avengers films yeah, which makes, makes sense because it's a cliffhanger-esque uh, style uh, I think what works for Star Wars is like you said, the simplicity of it and not only that, but just the character arcs in general are kind of the hero's journey and we talked about this a lot in over the last 100 episodes how people are drawn to this hero's journey where you have a good guy and he's fighting a bad guy and it's simple right the complexities come with it i don't know why i say it like that i say that all the time complexities Uh, they come with the story right the more nitty-gritty you get into each story arc the more uh, details that fill in but the overarching story is clear the mission is clear you know the mechanics can be explained in different ways and different um space elements can be put in there as well but luke is luke and darth vader is darth vader that familial aspect of it as well the fact that he is his father and by the way the line is no i am your father and that's not luke i am your father yeah the, yeah people
0: mess up cuz they want to say it like isolated and it doesn't make as much sense cuz he's saying no to something mm-hmm. that luke says yeah it, but you're right that fatherly element
1: of it really can come home to anyone because everyone has a father. Right.
0: And a lot of people have fathers who are like more like Darth Vader than they are like Ben Kenobi. Sure. right? Where they did things and it's like they, but they have that aspect of like, I know this person's bad and they did things that like hurt me, but I still want to love them like, because they're my father. So that definitely added a new element and it's sure. kind of crazy. That's where you, you kind of miss it. Cause like it was never a twist to any of us that darth vader was I mean, we saw it in toy story like you just know it's gonna like because <laughs> Zurg, yeah, <laughs> Zurg says it to <laughs> buzz yeah so so from the moment you're like two years old and watching toy story you know the plot twist in star wars but um it still is uh i was i finished five today and i was like wow that's still a really powerful moment where he's like he doesn't want it to be true but he he knows it's true
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so just that element where it's it really is this giant space battle that's occurring, but it's familial, it's personal, um, and you have these characters that genuinely love each other and they care about each other and they're sassy, yeah, but they do they kind of band together when they when things get serious. So I think all of those elements really played into it well. They did not overshadow the characters with a plot, and I think that's what has been the downfall of a lot of the sequels and the prequels as well, where they're fitting on all the plot to try to fill in the details of what was missed in the original trilogy. And there were things missed, you know, but the characters themselves and their storylines and the story arcs make a lot less sense. But in these films, the story arcs are very clear. They're at the forefront and they are simple. Um, Yeah. So I think that, that, that those were some of the main things that worked. The practical effects, we can't even imagine what it was like to be there back then in the theater watching this having never seen anything like this before and now it's on the screen. I'm I'm sure people were going crazy in the theater.
0: If Star Trek, I don't know when the first Star Trek episode came out, but I think it was a little bit before Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um it, but if you compare those effects to this, it was like it's like night and day. It's mm-hmm. crazy what they did with this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Death Star, anything that's in space is always like still looks pretty realistic because of the miniatures and stuff that they used. Um, and it just gives, yeah, the sense of awe and wonderment. And uh, people are just curious about the unknown void of space. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool to imagine it being this, like, like, well, they don't mention Earth. They don't bring Earth into it at all. I mean, you presume that it exists in this universe, but it's, like, so far away. <laughs> well, this is a galaxy far, far away. So it's like a completely different galaxy that we're not even close to at all and you're like sitting there thinking what if this was real like what if in a a galaxy far far away uh there are like space battles and stuff going on right now well if it's far
1: far away there must be some reference point and it must be us
0: yeah so we're the reference point so they're they're saying we exist and Um, it also
1: says that it's a long time ago so we don't have to worry
0: about it totally messes up any uh reality of us being there
1: even though they're way more advanced than we'll ever be
0: yeah um
1: yeah, so I mean, Star Wars itself has become a legendary, legendary franchise just because of the way that it kind of shaped culture and the way that it took people by surprise, and almost everyone has become a fan since then, right? The yeah. human race attributes—I mean, the human race has really put their their cards in all of their, uh, yeah, their eggs in one basket in this Star Wars franchise. There aren't really any other big franchises that have caught up to it up until the last maybe ten years with the Avengers franchise. Um, and at some points you know harry harry potter and other movies that have spiked up for a little bit but consistently there has been nothing absolutely nothing that has created as much excitement as many nerds or as many um yeah just uh, comic-con brawls than star wars has yeah
0: and part of it's because uh at least nowadays like we said about every character getting their own book it's just become it's such a huge universe there's endless amounts of things you could possibly do with the star wars universe which is why it was never realistic that there were just going to be one movie that was never going to happen and i don't think that even should have happened it was probably never realistic that there were just going to be three movies so you can complain all you want about like the sequels and the prequels and wonder whether it diminishes the original story but it's it was probably going to happen in some form some way so it's kind of like just enjoy it for what it is and and people have enjoyed like the Clone Wars TV shows and like all kinds of things that they've done to add on to the history now of course with all the different writers and team directors and all this stuff like it's never going to be actually consistent like I think some people get frustrated because it's not consistent but how are you going to make something this vast truly consistent (laughs) because you know human error and then you're going to like go back on things and there's going to be debates and but that's part of the fun too like it it wouldn't be it wouldn't be fun if, if it wasn't for that. And maybe this is our first disagreement. <laughs> really? Just because
1: I think if you're going to take some time to, to make a TV show, right, if you're given the responsibility to fill in gaps in a timeline of in a universe like this, I think you should know your source material well.
0: You are right. I mean, I think you should try your best. There's always human error. Yeah. And it shouldn't I'm upset just... the
1: fans as much as it does. But the amount of plot holes in this franchise, I'm not talking about plot holes. I'm talking about inconsistency. Sorry. Yeah. Plot holes I'm okay with. It's a space drama but
0: inconsistent sequels even the actual inconsistency with how things work even in the movies, last yeah. few
1: years it has been even in like the the sequels just so inconsistent from the, f- the original films even
0: consistent with each other i don't think yeah is the problem but not not to go too far into the sequels yet but After it got all,
1: it got very political we can get into yeah that we, too. i
0: mean it did get political maybe more political than than star wars which is a very i mean it was political in a sense that there was a repu- an empire and a republic, but it was pretty general. In well, terms yeah, of, of uh, any. Well, I'm
1: saying it Robin got political Star because or. it got all like Disney has to live up to expectations well, and because all that Disney stuff. bought it. Yeah, and they,
0: that's And the interesting thing I'm reading more about the history here, and and they said Disney didn't want it, so he pursued Disney originally. They didn't want it, so he went to 20th Century Fox, um, and they completed a deal in 1973 lucas directed american graffiti that got good reception and so he leveraged that to get more money for star wars star wars was originally supposed to be eight million dollar project and turned out to be 10 really not a huge budget so that's another thing about star wars is that um again we've talked about this over and over again on 100 episodes that we've done uh you don't have to have a big budget to make a good movie reservoir and, uh, dogs perfect yeah. example and you don't have you don't have to ma- have a huge budget to make an amazing movie that is appealing to a wide audience because i get some people would say yeah you can make small budget movies but they're not going to appeal to as many people like you're going to have a, a smaller audience that's going to lo- like latch onto it like reservoir dogs for example but uh you know you're not taking your five-year-old to go see reservoir dogs mm-hmm. but star wars uh i'm sure it's more than eight million in counting for inflation but still relatively low budget and just you know incredible results in terms mm-hmm. of uh getting people to come out and watch it and get engaged with it um yeah 11 million dollars it says on here uh 800 million dollar box off office which is probably adjusted for inflation inflation well over a billion i mean that's an insane return on investment that's that's crazy mm-hmm. and i don't know what they're factoring into that amount like whether they factored in i think it said box office so i assume it's just the box office from mm-hmm. like the initial release. Um, but plus toys, plus all the toys. I mean, the uh, revenue outside of the box office is insa- has it to be insane. It probably matches the box it office, it probably matches the box office, if not more. Sure, like, it, especially it in the last few decades, yeah, where
1: Disney has uh, pumped Lego, out all these toys. I mean,
0: just Lego and yeah. Star Wars together that's a tandem.
1: It really has become a, p- a pillar of our culture, yeah. Like, n- there isn't anyone who walks down the street and sees a Darth Vader and is freaked out, no, right? Which is weird. Yes, right? that's kind of weird. You know, we go back to the 1920s and someone walks around in a Darth Vader outfit. People are freaked out. They think they're he's a killer or death is knocking on their door. Um, but the thing about Star Wars that I kind of want to talk about was there is this element that kind of tickles the imagination. And it, there are some of these crazy things. The creativity that is that is happening in these stories is just off the charts. I can't even imagine some of these things that are happening in there. I mean, just the aliens, the, um, the fights, the... Uh, the, the idea of the force although they're derived from other things the way that they work well together is is, is what made Star Wars Star Wars in my opinion so I, I'm just thinking of like specific scenes like um, the Hoth battle like you have these AT-ATs on all fours kind of just running uh, into battle against the rebel base on Hoth and just the idea of like grappling around the legs and tripping it stuff like that you know or the Ewoks you know letting the logs kind of crush the head of the, the AT-ST thing just like the mechanics of it and the the, the imagination that comes into this uh, to this franchise, really, in the specifically in the original trilogy, we'll get into the loss of imagination later on, is amazing. Just because George Lucas, his source material, whatever he's working from, he took the best parts of it and made it into a magical experience. So if I were sitting in that seat in 1977, I would be amazed just because of like how cool. These elements work together. You know, we're in space. We're also on pla- different planets. Like the world building is amazing too. Um, we're seeing all these different kinds of aliens that I've never seen a, sh- a head shaped like that before. You know, I've never heard an alien language like that before. Um, just the newness of it and the the weirdness of it makes it seem magical, otherworldly. Like you're not actually on Earth anymore, right? Um, so there are met, and there are. It's among many other reasons why Star Wars is Star Wars. Um, but I want to know, Ben, what is your favorite Star Wars movie?
0: Um, for a while, I said Episode Seven, but after <laughs> after watching this, it's definitely it's definitely Episode Five. Episode Seven. Explain why your initial. Well, okay, so I just when I saw Star Wars Episode Seven in theaters, it was an amazing experience. I'm glad like you had a good like, time. It was like uh, it meant a lot to like be seeing a new Star Wars movie. And one honestly I had a great theater experience for episode 8 too and I loved episode 8. I still I still do but the the only thing I'll say about episode 8 and all the controversy and stuff is that I've still only seen it that one time I saw it in theaters. I've never gone back and rewatched it. And I almost don't want to now it's a fever dream man. i don't want to ruin it for myself what you think is episode eight is not it's not episode eight and you're right it's not and and if you re i mean the more times you rewatch the original trilogy the more you realize this is the true star wars that like i like in that you know i i can spend all my life trying to be edgy and different and like try to pick the thing that people least like to like the most but episode five is just amazing like it's just it's it's brisk you know it's two hour runtime um it cleans up some of the like episode four is really good the first one but it's got that sort of first film feeling where not everything has been ironed out episode five starts to feel like there's the one that feels the most cohesive and uh like there's no i don't know breaks in the action everything happens for a reason episode six there's a lot of it feels a little little bit goofy and cheesy more so than four and five with uh jabba jabba's palace which is cool there's a lot of cool weird stuff in jabba's palace and that, but also the ewoks which are like cool but also like if the ewoks were not in episode six the film would still be like it would do nothing to change the film's outcome or anything really you could they and they honestly could have cut probably 10 minutes out if they didn't have the ewoks because yeah. they spent like maybe a little bit too much time with the Ewok fight scenes that they didn't have to, they could have done it a different way, but yeah. I'm not mad about it. I mean, the Ewoks are cool. They sold a lot of toys that way. Um, <laughs> they're lovable. So uh, I think that just maybe didn't age as well. And it's sort of George Lucas has this sort of like wide mind, but episode five, I think is like definitely my favorite it has that, and that fight scene with Darth Vader and, and Luke is just like incredible. That might be my favorite moment in star Wars. Um, and you see the like the beginning of the leia and han kind of like we like enemies to lovers arc um could have done without luke kissing leia but or leia kissing luke hey, you really. live and you learn but you live and you learn it was fu- it's was, it was funny seeing han when he like kissing leia at the end of six and realizing wait <clears throat> Like he doesn't he say just, anything. Yeah, he just found out that Luke was her brother, but she did that more out of uh, spite for Han than anything. Which I'm not. Well, and you know, it's a mistake. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm glad uh, they. I'm glad was they was didn't feel guilty. They didn't know they were related. They don't so. even. They don't. It doesn't even bother them. No, not really. I they mean, just move on. Oh Wait, well. What would you do about that if you didn't know you were related? What can you actually do? like? Their prefrontal cortex just, a just blocked bit, it. Maybe be a little bit more like cautious about kissing people in general before you do background check maybe but other than that like sure
1: yeah i think you're right there was something that you said i think the dialogue between the characters improved especially yes from the first to the second film and you
0: you were talking about the lightsaber fighting oh yeah that yeah, too i mean just some of the though.
1: choreography of that and spaceship travel a lot of the characters and storylines as well i think were a little bit more complex in the second and third films um hoff, where the first uh, films a very I, simple i film.
0: love hoff too hoff is just a cool planet yeah the the snow mm-hmm. and um, and having to escape it, it is cool that there's the instances you realize a lot of it's like the Empire's put us in a tough spot we gotta figure out how to get out of this mm-hmm. those moments are always really cool to watch
1: yeah and to see the, the characters in different roles kind of fleshes them out like Leia as a general and Luke kind of as this uh, war hero that kind of goes and is stranded and has to kind of train but he's really cocky right he's put in this situation where he's no longer the guy that's uh, in charge and then yoda's kind of teaching him so kind of studying under someone and then han just in the position where he's like kind of knows that leia has a thing for luke but doesn't want to like overstep his boundaries so he's kind of trying to figure that out and balance that he's like showing some form of respect even though he insults her to her face you know so you're seeing these characters in these different scenarios and then the characters are split up right throughout the the film your favorite film um and i think that's to their benefit right when they're split up their characters grow; they're different, right? Yeah. Uh, Han Han becomes more of a hero, right? At first, he was about himself; he just wanted to get the money, pay Jabba, get out, leave. Leaves the. It was a
0: quick paycheck, that's what he said. The mm-hmm. Jabba was like, "This is a guaranteed quick paycheck, gonna be super
1: easy." Mm-hmm. It didn't end up being that way. But then but, he comes out of that, and he eventually, by the third film, is leading the attack on, um, on the Death Star. He's General Solo, and and Leia is surprised to learn that. And when she sees that growth in him, she smiles and she says, "I will go with you." And it's a great moment. And eventually they kiss. And he's like, I don't want to. I know you got a thing for Luke. I understand. And she's like, no, silly. She's my brother. And she says it without blinking or having any any, any concern for anything that's happened before. But, um, yeah. So And then Leia, just her growth from being kind of just the one who needed saved to the one who's saving at the end. Right. She goes in and has the mask in the third one and makes uh gets a Han out of the carbonite uh, block True. and uh, she saves them in the previous film as
0: well. And at the end she gets shot and then she's the one who shoots the stormtroopers uh to get them into the, to block the shields. I was, uh, that doesn't, she did seem like more of a, a warrior and a fighter by the end, mm-hmm. partially because this is one thing I, this is a little tangent, but I'll go down it for a second. Um, I didn't know she was on the Imperial Senate. So there's this, the Senate for the Imperial Empire she from alderaan is on that senate so that's princess leia she when she starts in the film she's like this very diplomatic like this is me now she had this tie-in with the rebel alliance um so she was trying to go underneath the empire but she had to give this front that like this is who i am and so to an extent she probably hadn't been in the roles where she was like Fighting for the Rebel Alliance as mm-hmm. much as she was being a diplomat for the Rebel Alliance, so she did have to grow into that once her planet literally got blown up in the first film, and she she didn't have anything left this, except for the Rebel Alliance to mm-hmm. go to. Yeah, and uh, she's
1: kind of following yeah. in her mom's footsteps where Padme was in that role. Uh, she was kind of this diplomat on Naboo, but what it's it, the little bit of backstory is while Luke was sent to live with kind of, with his uncle Owen and uh, uh, Beru. Lars on Tatooine. Leia was actually separated as, at the at the guise of uh, um, Obi Wan to try to hide her from Darth Vader, uh, and she was adopted on Alderaan by the Senator uh, Bail Organa and his wife Queen Brea Organa, and kind of became like the heir to the Alderanian throne. And that's why she is kind of like representing Alderaan. And when they destroy Alderaan, it destroys her. Right? She's she's extremely sad when uh, the Death Star destroys it. So her home planet's destroyed as as a sign of uh, strength for the death star and at that point i think after that in the first film she's kind of just on this on this full commitment to the rebel alliance whereas before she was kind of her ship was just kind of sending this communication from um r2d2 to obi-wan as her ship was being attacked i'm not really sure what her ship was doing at that point right that ship was taking the death star plans from the end of rogue one right uh, where, where they got right, it. Right,
0: yeah, because we know that now.
1: We know it now. But her, her ship was taking the Death Star plans for the So she was already intertwined with the Rebel Alliance at some point, right? So Alderon supposedly is this good, quote-unquote, uh, planet who's and fighting for the peace. And
0: perhaps uh, you have to wonder whether there was a specific thing that happened where Alderon felt threatened. So you're right. At this point, she could be acting more out because of her planet exactly. than because of the Rebel Alliance. The Rebel Alliance is just helping her. But Conference once her planet sure.
1: is destroyed, and again, she doesn't show that much remorse, but she is fully committed to the Rebel Alliance and becomes more of a warrior rather than a diplomat, which is what you were saying. So it's that that character arc is clearly seen. You kind of have to fill in some of the context with some of the newer stuff a little bit. But overall, you can at least see that she fights more, right, at the very least. Yeah. Um, and then Luke. Luke has the biggest storyline of them all, right, coming from this little kid from Tatooine who doesn't know anything, who's really cocky and complains a lot, to the end where he's a Jedi You know, using the power of his will to decide to not show hate and to not try to kill his father. And that, in the end, is what saves everyone.
0: Yeah, Um, true.
1: Like Yoda said, right? Yoda said he wasn't ready when he fought him in The Empire Strikes Back. And that's why they lost. That's why they had all those setbacks happen. Um, So Luke has the biggest storyline. Um, and he's trained by two different guys, right? We have Obi-Wan yep. and Yoda, the you know those people two of
0: the the wisest Jedi Knights that mm-hmm. there are.
1: Yeah. But they have made mistakes that have led to this, you know. Obi-Wan's True. biggest mistake was training Anakin. Yoda's was I don't know. Uh, letting
0: letting Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan train, train Anakin because <laughs> okay. he was on the Jedi Council. Yeah, he was the, he was the and they all, the leader. The I mean to leader. be
1: fair, they all voted against it unanimously, I think. Um but Qui-Gon still did it. Uh still let uh Anyway. So that is the yeah, interesting really thing is. about it is I mean we we I've heard when I was little I had this little pet toy Yoda, right? It was like this little toy and it would speak and it would I said all these phrases, right? Like do or do not, there is no try, stuff like that. And Yoda just became this legendary character. But when you actually watch watch the films, he's not like this goofy legendary character. He's he's legit wise. And I think at one point he says, "I'm looks like no, I'm not looking for you. I'm looking for this great warrior," right? And he goes War makes war doesn't make someone great. He says like that, <laughs> and looks like what? <laughs> so it's like Yoda is actually wise.
0: Um, yeah. Well, I will say when he first is introduced, he is extremely goofy. Yeah, he's but, goofy, but, but he's he's doing it on purpose. Yeah, because he's trying he he's trying to get under Luke's skin a little bit to prove a point. Exactly. To um, so I, I was watching it. I was like, it's kind of amazing, just thinking about the fact, like that this. W- Yoda, whatever I forget what they call whatever alien he is, is like the greatest Jedi warrior to ever live. I was like, but you see the you see it progress, especially in six, right before he dies, and he's kind of like in his all wisdom phase, mm-hmm. and you are like, oh okay, I see why George Lucas chose this mm-hmm. and not some not didn't chose Ben Kenobi to be that role. Mm-hmm. Didn't. He didn't. he chose Yoda. Yeah,
1: and Yoda's like really small, right? He looks weak. But supposedly, and we don't get to see it in these films, but he's the greatest Jedi. And apparently the last Jedi up until Luke. Um, So it was nice that he had that passed down to Luke and then eventually to Rey in the future. Again, I'm connecting all the dots, right? And I'm thinking, like, we got to see Yoda fight in the prequels. So, like, we know how great he is and how fast he can spin his lightsaber, that green lightsaber. So we have a lot of that background to help us.
0: It's like an extra small lightsaber to
2: fit his Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So, and his force is pretty amazing too when he's fighting Count Dooku. Uh, but, I mean, Yoda trained, didn't Yoda train Count Dooku? So, like, there's stuff like that, yeah you know? so exactly. Yeah, I'd say my favorite is got to be the first one. Um, I think it's just too classic for me. I love the, the hero's journey. I love how simple it is. I love the effects of the time. And I'm not just saying that. I love, I think Empire Strikes Back is better. I think my yeah, favorite.
0: Yeah, but I, I can understand why stars would be your favorite. Because the, A New Hope has that, like, and it has the it's a complete movie with, like, exactly. an arc within itself. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't think you can say that about Empire Strikes Back. Definitely
1: not. Definitely. So, yeah. H-
0: how has it held up over time, these films? I th- I think really good. Okay. I think there's, you can pick nits, like I did with the Ewoks, um, and you can maybe pick nits about other things, but. Nitpick? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, pick nits. Knit is pick. that different? I've never heard that. I think I picked it up from a podcast I listened to. Pick Nits. Picking okay. Nits. Okay. think is what they called it. Um, yeah, but you can nitpick all the, all the stuff. Do but
1: you think that they held up because of the added special effects post when the films came out? I
0: actually, no, because most of the time, I was kind of annoyed by the added special effects. Like now, the song that was in Jabba's yeah, Palace? Sh- yeah, yeah. It that was so didn't stupid. Just bother me; it just wasn't necessary. And, and then there was just, like, like that alien that burps. The, yeah, the one dude that burps in episode. So a lot of the episode six added stuff, especially. I don't think they added a whole lot to episode five. That there I were a few of, things, maybe a few things, um, but episode six there was a ton of add-ins. You are like, why did we do this? Episode four, the there end, was a couple.
1: The end, they add Naboo and uh, Coruscant.
0: Yeah, so I'd love to watch the original. He said, "Yeah, the originals." I should probably watch this sometime with mm-hmm. like pure. Uh, some things like the you said the scarlac mm-hmm. looked better, redone yep. this way. Yep. Yeah, the so original
1: start- scarlac looked like cardboard man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so actually, I should just look up a picture. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so I think there's a few times that it was like yeah, it made sense. Uh, but other than that, I, don't I mean Jabba. I mean I you know. think
1: I think Jabba was an improvement. The original Jabba was a puppet and really did not look good at all, and it kind of took me out of it. But still. I mean there is something to having the original uh practical effects in the original film. And it kind of cheapens that I feel like when you add all these special effects. Um I don't know. I think that's up to yeah, people's opinions. It. You see I, it?
0: I see the original. You're right. Pretty it's bad. Like
1: Look up the original Java and see what that see for your own eyes. Um, so I think that's actually a perfect segue into a big topic that we we should probably go into. Um you see it?
2: Oh my gosh! <laughs> it looks so
0: bad. <laughs> Look at this picture.
1: <laughs> it looks so horrible. I know. Yeah. Uh, a big topic that we should probably get into is the acquisition of 21st Century Fox by Disney, and kind of how they did the prequels and then the sequels as well.
0: Yeah, but uh, I don't. That isn't originally how Disney acquired Star Wars. They got it separately from 21st. Yeah. They acquired it from Lucas so lucasfilm retained the rights for star wars okay uh so under disney no under nobody okay um so i think it was always distributed through 21st century fox but lucasfilm like owned the rights to the movies i see so i think that's how it worked and then then what happened was disney bought lucasfilm for i forget i'm going to look up how much it was but it was a lot yeah Okay. So then and then they did eventually buy it 21st or buy a lot of 21st Century Fox. So that did happen too.
2: Yeah.
1: And that was more recent. That was in 2015, I think. So because of that, Disney's had some kind of role in these films, right? Whether Lucas has had a role as well or not.
0: Yeah. So uh, October 30th, 2012, Disney bought Lucasfilm for $4.05 billion. Okay. And another $2 billion in stock no no yeah yeah that was it okay so well, good for george george did very very well yeah um yeah but you're right uh disney has had their grimy hands all over this franchise since then
1: and we have been i mean we have an episode titled disney is the worst production company ever
0: we do actually um and, and we'll never really get a deal
1: with disney because of that because yeah. the digital footprint has made its mark
0: Unfortunately disney hasn't really tried that hard to get into the podcasting space yeah so we're not yet until they like buy spotify or something
1: true uh, although right now they're not doing so well. Twenty twenty three was a pretty bad year for them. Yeah. So, which is good.
0: Which is good because they've been
1: doing a lot of just like not stupid very good things. things. Um, so the rise and fall of Disney. That's a separate. That's a separate story, right? Yeah. There's there's this great buildup of these great films being made by this you know family friendly company that's kind of come downhill as the quality has dropped as they have gone more broad and ac- acquired and gained more properties. I
0: really think that Disney over time has been. Like people romanticize a lot of parts of Disney, but I think there's been several ups and downs for the companies over sure, the
1: but you could say that overall the trend has been a large was, down uh, at the moment it was
0: up, and now we're going into a down period because there was a huge up period for Disney where they were acquiring all of these things, yeah, but now the momentum after they acquired all of these things has led to a lot of it going down because they acquired Marvel they acquired it was like they bought everything, and then they but the reason they were buying all of these things was to make a lot of money. So they kind of just kept doing, but all of these things started from ideas that weren't originally Disney's. So then they're Mm -hmm. hiring on people to take over these projects that don't have the same stake that the people who originated the ideas, you know, would have in them. And of course, like Stanley passed away. Um, George Lucas. I don't know how involved he is in the current star Wars. No, he doesn't like them. He doesn't like it, so no. he's not involved. Um, and I'm not even saying George Lucas should necessarily be involved. No, because
1: he made the prequels too. Yeah, because
0: he made the prequels. So it's not like even even if you are the originator of the idea, that doesn't necessarily make you, you know, the the end all be all when it comes to making a, a new thing. But it's just the emphasis on quantity has been the annoying part about all of it. I mm-hmm. think, like, okay, now we got to have shows, and we got to have shows about so many different things it's not just one show it's like maybe i should rephrase shows. it i think you're right
1: maybe i should rephrase it as with the emergence of disney plus we have seen visibly this push for more content at yeah. the expense of quality
0: yeah and the interesting part is i think if you would uh, talk to me when i was like 12 i would have said this was awesome and, and maybe if disney plus would have come out and i watched all this content at 12 i would have thought all of it was the greatest stuff in the world mm-hmm. so maybe that is like truly for 12 year olds because at 12 you're not you don't care about the artistic merit or like it's just like anything is awesome at the age of 12 to an extent i mean maybe at some point you can start but the prequels are like when you're a little kid they're like cool because there's like you like all the flashiness and the lights and mm-hmm. the all the lightsaber <clears throat> battles and all but the things i have one rebuttal
1: there has to be something there has to be some kind of statistical significance for the fact that pixar star wars marvel And other large franchises that have had at least good runs in the last 10 years have, in the last few years since the emergence of Disney+, gone down in quality at a visible level.
0: Yeah. I mean, I 100% agree with you. And Pixar is a fantastic example. Because if you would have asked me about four or five years ago what I thought of Pixar, I would have said, maybe the best, like, large film organization that there is in terms Mm -hmm. of, like... Hits versus misses, Mm -hmm. Um, but if you factor in the last four or five years, like when's the last time you were excited about a Pixar movie? Oh yeah, never. For me, it was Soul in twenty twenty. I liked it. That was good. I didn't really think it was gonna be like have the same impact on kids that Cars did, or, Mm -hmm. um, or, Up or, or uh, Monsters Inc or something like, or Toy Story. No, it wasn't gonna be like that movie. But I thought it was a good movie. But since that movie, nothing that they have done has been interesting
1: yeah not even turning red yeah not even <laughs> turning red
0: and that was the one with the most promise
1: but we even see that with a24 at the moment where they're making a larger quantity of films and some of the films are hit or hit or miss for me
0: i mean to an extent but a24 is a little different case because they've always kind of done that since Ye- they started
1: yeah but they used to do only a few films a year now yeah, they're doing well, so many
0: well they distributed tons of films but they yeah i get what you mean well like, now they're like, distributing they're, more. they're distributing and producing films now And the produced ones are always hits, but generally those
1: the increase in quantity has decreased the quality. That's like the thesis that I'm trying to make.
0: Yeah, I Um, mean, you're. I I think for a company like Disney, who knows that they're going to turn a profit, there should be more of an emphasis. I think with a smaller company like A24, they're they're going to be trying to throw stuff at the wall, so that's going to be why why they have certain things that don't work out because they're like we're going to try this see if it works. Yeah, and this this conversation has no excuses really. No, they do
1: not. I mean, unless they need to impress their investors, their, then they have their
0: excuses excuse that they're almost too They almost got to the point where they were too successful for their own good because then they stopped emphasizing, you know, if you're really worried about whether you're going to make a profit on something, you're going to spend a lot of time making sure that it's good. Now, of course it depends on who's doing that because sometimes, uh, Producers are really worried about turning a profit, and then that messes up the movie because they take away creative freedoms from people and they end up turning in something they think is safe, which there's not really art that's safe if you really think about it. And it, because it's safe, that also means it's uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Which, so maybe that's what Disney's doing there. Like, we have calculated out, we think if we do this, it'll make a profit. So we're just doing a bunch of safe things, yeah. um, and they're not taking any creative <laughs> risks since ryan johnson made episode eight then no creative risks at disney
1: i actually think that is a reverberation from disney from the backlash that they've had because of some of the political arguments they arguments they've made in movies true yeah so i think but you're also right in a in a mathematical sense like they've been calculating for the last you know dec- few decades just like what movie will make us the the most money those models won't work forever that's what i'm trying to say right so you and can't they, do that
0: they're operating like they are going to work forever sure i think it's it's part yeah. of what's going and on. No and
1: matter, no matter what Disney does in the future, it will still have the, this content that has kind of been pretty garbage lately, in my opinion. Um So – and this isn't a pointless conversation. This relates to Star Wars because of what has followed these films, right? Even between these films, there was a Star Wars Christmas special.
0: Yeah, um, which I still have never seen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, w- I would like to watch it's it. It's really boring. It's really boring. Is it actually really boring? Yeah. That's so sad. So – well, the fact that they had a Star Wars Christmas special is so stupid, though. Because <laughs> there's not, there should not, I mean, why is there Christmas? It doesn't make sense. And it's um, on Endor. Well, of course, with the Ewoks. <laughs> yep, that they want to sell. They
1: were setting it up, they knew a spinoff would ensue. So, what has followed is just a plethora of films, TV shows, books, comics, other things that other media. That I, 4D experiences. Pretty
0: much any media Dreams. you could think of, Star <laughs> Wars has been a part of. Conversations.
1: What do we consider canon?
0: <laughs> you know? Well, what initially, there was a canon that was established. And then what happened is D- Disney bought the movies and then they they split everything up into canon, which was like the original stuff, the original movies, and anything that they made after that, that was canon. And then there was like... I forget what they called it. It was like lore or something like that. Like maybe it's true or maybe it's not. And that was like all those books and, you know, comics. And when you get the complete encyclopedia and you'd read past, um, episode six and it was like Palpatine rises from the dead, which they did pull from. Um, so that was like something that I was expecting. There was like other, uh, Sith and other villains. I forget what they were called that. And then there was the old Republic stuff. Mm hmm that was like way before there's a video game i think video games played into a lot of these things too because there right. was like knights of the old republic um well, after
1: the old republic there was a high republic and then there was the new republic and then the new uh jedi order you know there's lots of different rises yeah, and falls exactly
0: there was like a huge Jedi temple there's a sith temple then there was the rule of the twos so you got all this lore that was like none of this was ex- the rule of the twos did they ever mention that Mm-mm. in the movies like that was a, something that it was kind of like an unwritten rule. Like explain only it to Sith, uh, that like the Sith, there was like one Sith Lord and a person under the Sith Lord, and so in order for there to be somebody else, somebody has to die. Basically, so like, Anakin killed Count Dooku, so then he could be the person under, and they were kind of insinuating that with Luke killing Vader and becoming mm. the next. So. It's like there could only be two... uh, So Vader should uh, have seen that coming. It's like they could concentrate all the power in those two people. But I think what Vader was suggesting Luke do is that they both kill the Empire and then they're... Well, he did suggest that. He said, come join
1: me and we can run the galaxy father and son. And
0: that brings me to one of my major questions with Star Wars, which I wrote down, which is that how much of this... And this is maybe an unanswerable question. But like how much of Star Wars is reactionary in planning and how much of it is thought out because and just thinking about the original three movies right so so how much like was the fifth movie like set in stone i don't think the fifth movie was set in stone when the fourth movie came out i think they adjusted and changed things no um they had some of this lore that we kind of take for granted like i said with the rule of the twos that people kind of just know about like was did that just happen because there was Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. So they're like, I guess there's just two of these Sith Lords. They didn't even call them Sith Lords. That was, a, that came later. Um, at least not in the movies that maybe George Lucas in interviews would call them something. Mm-hmm. I have no idea, but
1: if you're talking about a reaction as in from these like, r- three first three original films, is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. I think you can see that very clearly. I think yeah, you it was can definitely
0: see it. A reaction. It wasn't like George Lucas saying, okay, I'm envisioning that, there was an order 66 and so that's why i'm that's why yoda is saying that you're the last jedi cuz all the other jedi has got killed i mean that was a reaction to yoda saying that that they did order 66 mm-hmm. that's kind of what i'm suggesting
1: sure. and then the fact that luke is the last jedi and then making the film the last jedi i don't know uh, yeah i think a lot of it has to be reactionary and i think with Any film franchise, naturally, there's some reactionary because you have to fit within the actual lore that's already set. But there's also this element of they're forcing a lot of plugs into these plot holes that don't need to be necessarily filled as well. Um, I think a lot of examples of that come with the storylines in the prequels where Anakin is kind of becoming bad, although it's a great storyline. It's filling in all of these extra details that don't necessarily need to be filled that maybe some fans were asking for but didn't actually wasn't actually
0: executed that well um you're right i think that and that's kind of what i'm getting at is that it's not necessarily that the prequels are reactionary because they have to be in order to be consistent but it's that when you the ways that they like solve the problems of like we have to be consistent with the with the original three movies like didn't make the franchise more interesting or benefit the franchise overall i don't think it was better that they were not explained Mm-hmm. which goes back to our donnie darko director's cut days of like some things are better in movies when you don't know all the answers <laughs> and ambiguity. i'm
1: slowly things. becoming accustomed to your side of that yeah i think you're right and we even see that even more clearly in the sequels i'd say where just within that trilogy you see some reactions happening where the original the seventh takes you in one direction the eighth twist that direction and the ninth tries to you know bring it back home Which <laughs> safely was almost like the,
0: <laughs> the worst thing that they could have done yeah that's what i'm talking about it's scene. like all right
1: we killed snoke now what do we do well we got to bring back the emperor well you know in some in some book that isn't canon we'll make it canon so that you know it's, it's all you're right it is reactionary i think that's the clearest picture and i think a lot of the tv shows as well uh, fill in some of those gaps too um but that also might be a good structure because I think it makes the focal point the original trilogy where it should be. Yeah. No no other film has felt more important than these films. No. There is no film that felt like, wow, this is a big moment in the Skywalker saga that is bigger than the original films.
0: The only the only one that people really will bring up as being like their favorite if it's not in the original trilogy is episode three. Mm-hmm. And even I'm like, it's better than, than episode one and two. Mm-hmm. But I just don't, see it being more interesting unless you're like really into uh, anti-hero like or downfall tragedy arcs more so <laughs> than you are the hero's journey then I guess it'd be really interesting to you.
1: I think what sends that up for me is the battle of Mustafar with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah. Uh, but that's just one, just the one like, big scene.
0: Yeah the, the meeting of the two and the like master versus apprentice mm-hmm. like battle and that sets up really well for the second battle that happens in four so it's not like they messed up everything in the prequel. hmm but But yeah, everything else, I mean, even just having a child
1: actor play Anakin in the first film, it just feels disconnected, you know? And then you have the actual actor, Christopher uh, whatever his name is. Um, I forget his name. Is in the next film. Oh, I forgot um, what his
0: name is too. But that that's how not he's not really an amazing actor. That's why people will forget <laughs> his name. But Ben I, is I think Is it like Christian something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, in, I'm thinking made, of Hayden, Hayden Christensen. Christensen. I was thinking of yeah. Christopher
1: Lee who plays Count Dooku who yeah. actually tragically passed away. The, I think Ben, it's a it's a mixture of reactionary and more recently fan service. Yes. Yeah. I think we've had a lot of explanations that were made and people brought back and cameos uh, introduced that is just unnecessary. It
0: was just it's weird though to think of the sequel trilogy as fan service because it's upset so many of the fans <laughs> so it's like it didn't work <laughs> but that's because they had episode eight if episode seven was like the to the t what you would like think fans would want mm-hmm. and, and
1: people were like all right with it
0: yeah overall episode eight is where you know those of us who aren't as you know uh, worried about things being consistent or care as much about that like or as nostalgic about things might be like oh that's interesting that Uh, that you would propose that that would be something you can do with the force or what was even the most controversial about that? I know that like one of the things is that there's like kind of some segments of the plot that don't really go anywhere. Like the casino part. Mm -hmm. That's Um, in the second
1: You're talking about the second.
0: Yeah. In in episode eight. Yeah. 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 Um, I think you're right. But it seems like uh, people were upset by like uh, Luke being able to like project himself with the force. Mm -hmm. And then like the conversations between Ray and, and, Uh, Ben Solo Kylo Ren Mm -hmm. Um, but although I think that that's consistent because there's a scene in episode 5 where Luke and uh, Darth Vader talk to each other now they're not it doesn't look like they're in the same room but they also didn't have the technology to do that so Mm -hmm. my argument for that specific thing would be that that they did that in Mm -hmm. the original Star Wars but there's other stuff I don't think that was like the only thing I think the the force casting, which n- nobody had ever done. I mm-hmm. don't think that wasn't like a thing. Or Leia using the force. Leia using the force, but that then that was even in the original trilogy. So, I thought it was annoying that in this we just watched. The I, I think films. it was annoying because of how they did it, and obviously it was Carrie Fisher passed away, which was really sad. It felt like they just kind of messed up being able to send her off like in a heroic manner, and they did it in like a really cheesy way, mm-hmm. which annoyed a lot of people. So you see this is my like I just like choose to forget about a lot of the parts of episodes eight that I didn't like and <laughs> focus on the parts that I thought were cool. But yeah, I think
1: another thing is Luke was kind of cynical whereas which in,
0: I was completely fine with. I think that's where I diverged from a lot of people.
1: I think I'm tired of just like in the new dial of destiny film our are, are uh, positive heroes becoming cynical in this cynical age?
0: I guess you're right. People are very cynical and, when you're like oh this person even luke skywalker's cynical Mm -hmm. even indiana jones is cynical i guess that could get frustrating Mm -hmm. and maybe the hard part is um with luke i think maybe what messed it up too is the performance of luke in the next trilogy uh like the sequel trilogy is a lot more like mark hamill as a person than it is like maybe luke skywalker which maybe goes to He looks way different. Mark Hamill changed as a person (laughs) a lot, I think, and it maybe I I think you see less of him acting as Luke Skywalker, more of just it's Mark Hamill. Hmm. So I think that's a little bit difficult because that's how I think the way he acted is kind of like how Mark Hamill acts in real life. Hmm. Uh, Whereas I'm not sure that was the case when he was so young playing Luke Skywalker and hadn't like developed as much.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen too many interviews with Mark Hamill.
0: I just know he seemed like just from the way that I've seen him carry himself, it's like kind of like that. It's like sarcastic and like a little bit of an edge to him. Yeah.
1: I mean, he does play the Joker in the animated yeah. Batman. Yeah. So
0: he had a really, really nice second career as a voice actor <laughs> after Star Wars. He actually
1: had a cameo as a
0: villain in the Flash series. Oh, really? On CW. That's funny. That was the lowest point of his career, I bet. <laughs> yeah. <probably>. He's like, <laughs> how, how, how did I get here? Harrison Ford definitely had the uh, the best acting career of anybody Mm -hmm. after this oh yeah he was like the star that they found he's an american graffiti too just plays a side character then main character here and then goes on to do indiana jones and so many action movies blade Blade runner blade runner Um, blade runner was actually i want to say blade runner was 1982 so he was like doing it while he was doing star wars Mm. which is interesting blade runner uh sort of levels up sci-fi to a different level but again it goes back to Blade Runner also had a myriad of issues with like which cut was good in the studio, and I feel like it it was kind of successful later on. Plus, it wasn't as appealing to a broad audience. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there's that. Blade Runner 2049, though, is yeah. a really incredible sequel.
1: And that's an interesting thing. Then I think you'd like this topic. What what defines canon? I'm thinking about this in a in a broad audience sense because. Remember how we had the the controversy of Justice League, and there was the Snyder cut
0: that was yeah exactly predicted or uh, <laughs> it was almost like a myth, right? Yeah, it was like it was like they didn't let Zack uh, Snyder have the final cut. Yeah, this movie, which we think is trash, would be saved if it was if more stuff was left in and it was like played out in the way that this guy Zack Snyder, who I've never seen a guy who really honestly I don't know has really done anything major of note get so much mythos like Zack Snyder What do he direct like the 300 Mm -hmm. like Watchmen like those aren't movies that people are gonna like be going back 200 years from now and being like this was a super important movie sure I think I
1: think well sidebar I think a lot of that came from that was the height of Marvel and a lot—it was a DC reactionary. Yeah, we're wanting event. To,
0: They thought this could be their Marvel. Thing. Th- that was
1: their <laughs> picketing and signing waiver or signing up petitions for Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League was their Infinity War. That's yeah. as much fun as that's the peak of their DC existence was that ex- out of movie experience. Anyway, that's a side note. The, the what was made canon, so it was eventually made, right? Right. The studios caved in and they made a four-hour black and white version of the Justice League. <laughs> <laughs> Which, was it all i didn't realize it was all black and white i mean i think a lot of it is. i don't know i didn't watch it so yeah i have not watched it either i don't have four hours on my plate but maybe besides this the so i think the audience had a say in what happened and this is what you were going with i can tell you're trying to get to that where the audience really pressured the studio to do something and they did it and disney is an example of that where political things pressure disney into doing certain things um Star Wars fans are nasty. Yeah, you're right. They
2: are, they are horrible.
1: It's worse than Ohio State fans. They are they are absolutely terrible and their canon is so valuable to them. It's they almost will like fight. a
0: religion to some or it is a religion to some. It people. is a religion.
1: They will fight tooth and nail for their for their franchise to the point where they will go up against the the young creator of Star Wars when they don't like the prequels, right? right stuff that their own creator the person who they worshipped 10 years earlier is making a film and they don't like it they just get them it's it's theirs right they don't they don't care whose it is it's their it's their franchise it
0: becomes it's like it becomes the fans Mm -hmm. at some point it's no longer whoever made it
1: i think every subsequent thing that has happened after this is because of the fans i think the fans have had a had a say in every single thing and i think that is to the absolute
0: fault of star wars which and then you can you can realize that the fans really only have themselves to blame mm-hmm. for the outcome. Like when Disney bought Lucasfilm, there was a lot of excitement ma- around it, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of excitement for the these movies. So you know, and they were trying to hire people who were like interesting and good directors. And uh, I think I think where they messed up though, I think Disney did mess up. I think the fans the fans ruined Episode Nine. Mm-hmm. Because they had to like go back to J.J. Abrams, but the studio had it all messed up from the beginning when they didn't have a consistent plan for what they were gonna do. Mm-hmm. They should have said, "It's almost like the studio was trying to be reactionary to what the fans said." Like, to, let's play, like let's said, do,
1: let's do a reiteration of the fourth movie of Episode Four,
0: and then we'll react to that exactly. Make an episode that has a twist, but. The problem with that is they they do have J. J. Abrams who's a perfect guy to be like he directed Mission Impossible three. That's the kind of director JJ J. Abrams is. He directs Mission Impossible the third one. So it's like you can plug him in and he can take your movie and he could be a pretty solid. Director. He can play the game. And he knows he knows how to, you know, be interesting but not too like take too many risks. Then you have Ryan Johnson who's like made Looper and like movies like that. And he, he likes being, uh, creative and he's uh, honestly more of a, he's still a very like in the commercial zone. I wouldn't consider him like in, he's not an art house director, you know, he's not like independent or anything like that, but he's trying to do stuff that is different, maybe edgy and maybe also just doesn't have as much respect for like the Canon or the fans as Mm -hmm. uh, maybe JJ Abrams did or, um, I don't honestly know what was going on through his head, but I don't know why they switched from J.J. Abrams to a different guy who had a like different philosophy on filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Then they have him do this whole thing. I don't know to what extent he had creative control and the studio had creative But Obviously, they agreed to release this episode 8, mm-hmm. and then it came out. People were all upset about it, but I, I think almost at that point, when you do that, you kind of have to like own it. You're like, this is what we did, mm-hmm. so now we're going to double down on it with Episode 9 and bring the story to conclusion. People will still go and watch it. You'll still make money. Mm-hmm. And then you can like reassess from there and be like, okay. Because you, you already messed up, quote-unquote, with Episode 8. Mm-hmm. So, why, like, so what they tried to do, bring J.J. Abrams back and fix it, 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 that got the lowest reviews of any of them. Because <laughs> it was just like <coughs> they couldn't save it from Episode but 8. But I
1: also understand because who was Disney <laughs> afraid of in that were they afraid of messing up the script? Were they afraid of offending some director? No, they were afraid of they the fans. They were afraid
0: fans. of the fans. But then, because of that, they made a movie that was like the worst, made the worst sin of all movie sins. It was boring. Mm-hmm. Like exactly. that's the worst thing you can do with a movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, say what you want about Episode Eight, at least it wasn't boring. Like, true. In a lot of I'll, I'll, that's the only good thing I'll say about it. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah. I
1: like some of the fight scenes too. If you watch a deep dive of that Kylo Ren and uh, Imperial Guard fight. The imperial guards aren't hitting them. They're like missing every single. They're like stormtroopers. No, I, I have to send you that video. If if you're listening to this, look up a slow, um, like a slow motion of Kylo Ren fighting the Imper- red imperial guards, and just, just start crying. <laughs> it's it's so bad. The no, choreography
0: saying, is horrible. The one thing episode nine did do great. It's so funny we're talking about the sequel trilogy so much, but is that they. Kylo Ren and Rey should have kissed. I knew it. For episode eight, there was so much tension there. You just knew it was going to happen. It
1: was confusing for me. I thought they were brother and sister. I was like, is this another Luke Leia situation? That would
0: be hilarious if they, like, really, they like, were like, yep, we're doing that again. Yeah. But no.
1: So, and they brought back the Emperor and just bringing back people. Fan service. It's a mixture of these things that we're talking about, right? Like, just and, and I think the core of it is like, whoever is in the reins of Star Wars, whoever is in control... Those people of power, like that's real. Like it is real power because this is a cultural pillar of our of our the last three generations. It could impact, you know, wars, governments. Mm-hmm. Um, and when all we go into when we, I promise you, Ben, I promise you, if we when we start um, colonizing space, there will be initiatives,
0: planets, and government systems named after Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, motifs. probably, probably. I mean. Wasn't there... Didn't Ronald Reagan have a, like... Yeah, Star Star Wars. Wars Mm -hmm. Because it was the laser. It was fake. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyway. (laughs) It it really was fake. It was just to to make... I think it was the Russians just to scare them. Cold War.
0: And they named it Star Wars. See? Mm -hmm. Yeah. exactly. Exactly. It's
1: already started. But just, I think the core of all of Star Wars' problems is the fans. If you think about it, right? Like, Disney. They were just trying to make as much money as they can. But they're doing it, trying to make money from... A specific large fan base that is very toxic in its culture that reacts very strongly to anything that happens right so what Disney is thinking is okay we need to make Star Wars content for the breadth of people we no longer can risk making a single Star Wars thing and uh, make it be either great or bad and most of the time bad right they haven't really had much success before that so then disney what they do is with 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 lucasfilm is they start making tons and tons of properties to try to spread out these audiences and because if they spread out these audiences then the toxicity doesn't hurt them as much right the fan base isn't as powerful if they divide and conquer so it's Mm -hmm. like i think at the core if you look at it from any angle the core of the problem with star wars is its fans so i think star wars was doomed to fail since the first film was made I really do. Just the whole franchise in general. Luckily, we got a great trilogy out of it, right? Luckily, George Lucas was not really reactionary to himself. He had a clear vision. They didn't change directors for him, right?
0: Well, Even, they did, actually. but They I feel did? Like, well, because uh, George Lucas directed the first one, but they had two other guys direct this, the fifth and sixth one, which people don't really... I, I don't think people know about that, but I, think it was, I don't think those directors had as much of an impact on the movies as the directors that did... You know the sequel trilogy like irvin kershner directed uh episode five he did i mean i've never heard of a single other movie he direct exactly who is that he's a, a guy they could hire who could come in and direct a movie mm-hmm. but more of a jj J. abrams than anything i think sure but but george lucas wrote the wrote the script i think he might have wrote wrote it with some other people but um and then you know that he had this guy come and do the actual work of directing Mm -hmm. but i think he was there like i feel like lucas was still intimately involved with the whole project he just wasn't officially the director he's in all the behind the scenes yeah he did all the a lot of the choreography
1: i think let's i think we should get into some of the other things that were made so a lot of the tv shows so for example like the mandalorian that's been a big one in the last few years especially i think it started like 2019 or something like that till present day you just have the commercialization and trying to spread and conquer of the fan base by Disney. Um, with you so you got like these toy selling figures just like um Grogu and um Um, you know, what's the what's the IB eight? I forget his name. And then there's B eight in the sequels as well. A lot of it is to sell toys and you can tell like even in the original trilogy, the Ewoks were to sell toys. But there are ulterior motives to segment this fan base in each of these subsequent franchise entries it's just deteriorated it I think for me having seen all of the entries pretty much except for um, I don't think I've seen the new Ahsoka um, and I haven't seen all of the Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars Mm -hmm. but yeah it's just not even I can't get through it it's just so not great and the best part about Andor is how disconnected it was from the rest of the Star Wars universe so yeah I mean, that's kind of my take on where Star Wars has gone uh, as a whole and just kind of um, how there. I really don't believe that there's any solution to Star Wars. There's nothing really that can be made that's going to fix what's happened before, Um, especially since what the problem is isn't necessarily at its root. Disney, Disney is going to survive. Disney is an organism, right? It needs food to survive. That food is its money and it gets money from a fan base by killing that fan base. So of course, Disney is going to leech off of us and try to s- make the most general things ever and make the mo- a ton of content just to leech off of us so that it, it itself can survive.
0: Yeah, and start I mean, eventually it, it will slow down, I think at some point. And then what will happen is kind of what happened before. There'll be a dormant period. Time will build up and then all of a sudden it'll be like a nostalgic future where uh, people want new Star Wars content again, the whole cycle starts again, and then they release a bunch of content. I guess I don't know that it'll slow down to, like, absolutely nothing. And really, I don't know when the last time there was absolutely nothing was because they had the Clone Wars TV show. It's, like, it's been a while since there was absolutely no Star Wars content coming out Mm -hmm. at all of any kind. Um, Just between uh, the originals and uh, the prequels, pretty much. Right. Yeah, and that was a—I mean—that was actually kind of a long period of time, eighty-three to ninety-nine. I guess if you think about it, you're like, that's sixteen years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing Indiana Jones for a lot of that in-between period, mm-hmm. which uh, <laughs> the reinvent trying to bring that back has also not really gone very well. No, but uh, but it's great. I mean, the other George Lucas's legacy is essentially Star Wars and Indiana Jones. Yeah, uh, American Graffiti is a decent movie, but that's what he devoted his life to, basically yeah um and they're great and he's rich and he's very rich (laughs) so and uh, now disney can do whatever they want with both of those because i think they own both of them Mm -hmm. maybe we should go into the acting the acting oh this is a nice one because i think people one thing people do say about star wars is they're not convinced that the actors are like the best actors but I think that's kind of the.
1: There's no argument being made for that. No, but I think the argument is: Are they good at all?
0: <laughs> are they good at all? Or are that's they, the question: like, Are they good at all? Yeah. I mean, Harrison Ford's good, but I think in this mo- in this movie, that it is a very dial dialogue is difficult in Star Wars. It's been a problem for like the whole franchise. I mean, it doesn't get any better in the sequel. So you you gotta wonder whether it's not all the actors, but somewhat on the writers that mm. the dialogue seems awkward. Cause even with Han, he makes quips. He's kind of funny, but sometimes they feel a little out of place. And, and he, and he, and uh, Leia's chemistry where they go from like being at each other's throats to just being in love all of a sudden is like weird. And, and Han Solo, there's like a couple scenes where it's like, it's actually kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like he's like holding on to Leia. She's like, please let go of me. And he's like, no, that's <laughs> weird. Like, it's not. It doesn't feel right. It feels wrong. You are like, and, and maybe it was like, it was the eighties. It was the seventies. Things were a little different back then. <laughs> but like, I don't know. We should just forgive them. And all of a sudden, Leia's like, "Oh, I am in love with you." Like, I don't know. It's, it was a little douchey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess yeah. But that doesn't really go into acting. That's more. That's more no, of a writing no. critique.
1: I think Han and Luke at the in the be- in the first film, especially, seemed really whiny. Yeah. Just like Luke's like, oh, I got to go clean the carbon converters. He would say stuff like, with such a
0: whiny You're right. It was very whiny. Tone. And, and when they're in the comp- trash compactor, that was yeah. one of the worst. Yeah. Where they're just like yelling at each other. Why is he talking like that? I mean, it's like, why is he like, I don't know. His, he's extending his it's vowels. It's kind of like Anakin complaining about the sand, but yeah. like all the time. I don't like the sand. <laughs> I wanna go to the academy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right?
1: It's like I can't do one more harvest.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just super ungrateful for what his uncle and aunt have done for him.
1: Yeah. So I think best actor in this film, Lando in this franchise. Lando
0: is, is good. He's good. Uh who who acted Lando? I can't remember. Um, Le- Le- Billy Le- D. Williams. Good.
1: Yeah, Billy D. Williams, good actor. Uh, Leia's right. Carrie Fisher yeah Uh, she does a good job Harrison Ford has done much better
0: yeah no I think his best acting was to come okay yeah he's definitely how did he do
1: in American Graffiti
0: he was I mean he was solid in his role he wasn't a very big role like his role came into fruition more at the end of the movie okay but he fit the role well so it was fine but it wasn't like a take over the movie kind of acting performance okay
1: okay and then Mark Hamill I've seen a lot of him in different things I think he does he does well I don't I wouldn't call him a
0: great actor No he's a serviceable actor Yeah uh, he's a maybe a great vocal actor like sure. voice actor Yeah like for the Joker Yeah uh, I now I haven't watched all those series in depth I've just only ever heard positive things about what No he, he does, does great in that
1: yeah. I think he's more of a cartoony type of guy Yeah which exactly. is fine cuz Star Wars is cartoony and Really, there is a loss in the sequels and the prequels even where the seriousness just gets – it overtakes and it makes it even more cheesy than it would be if they tried to be cheesy.
0: So, yeah. I'm curious I'm, if I can see how they decided to cast these people.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I have to imagine that American Graffiti, the reception oh, of it.
0: Lucas favored casting young actors with la- who lacked experience. So, Maybe that is why Okay. Um, he chose Hamill found the dialogue extremely odd. He chose to read it sincerely. uh, And so he was cast instead of somebody else because of that. So other people who were considered were Robbie Benson, Will Seltzer, Charles Martin Smith, and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Yeah. So Kurt Russell, that would be, well, imagine Kurt Russell and Harrison Ford. I I, I don't know what Kurt Russell looked like in 1977, so I don't, no, probably a little bit
1: more buff than. Uh, but
0: it would be weird to see uh, Kurt Russell as Luke Skywalker when he was old. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, Ford won over Kurt Russell, Nick Nolte, Sylvester Stallone, Bill Murray, Christopher Walken, Burt Reynolds, Jack Jack Nicholson, James Caan, Robert De Niro, Kelsey Grammer, Al Pacino, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Perry King. What a wow! Lineup. I did say he looked he, – he had – sometimes he reminded me of Steve Martin a lot. You did say that, yeah. yeah. I, and I, maybe that's just because I watched Plane Strange Anonymous not too long ago. And sure. another Steve Martin movie, I think Father of the Bride. Yeah. It, his mannerisms are, like, eerily similar to Harrison Ford. He just has more of a comedic edge to him, who like would in you, a not-action way. Who but. would you
1: like to be, play Han Solo from that list? I have I have mine.
0: I'll start. Okay, go ahead. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. Oh, with his long I'm, hair. I might have to agree with that. Because uh, okay, De Niro. I just can't. I can't see De Niro or Pacino being in this movie. Mm-hmm. Faces I, are too big. I guess at this point, I forget that they weren't like at the height of their fame yet. Neither of them. But I guess Paci- they had both been in The Godfather, though. I just can't. I mean, like, it feels like it would take you out of the movie to some extent. They're a little
1: bit more sophisticated, I'd say.
0: I I wouldn't even say sophisticated. I they would. just don't fit the world they're
1: not they're not really sci-fi people i mean sylvester, when sylvester stallone,
0: stallone doesn't make any sense bill murray is a really weird i just can't imagine bill murray chevy Ch- can you imagine in he, he would have squeezed carrie uh, fisher harder
1: and not let her go longer
0: <laughs> pierce? imagine pierce as uh old or old han solo yeah crazy. that would not have worked no, crazy he, i don't think the they wouldn't have brought him back. He's not an action. Some of these people weren't action stars. Jack Nicholson would have been way over the top. It would not have worked very he well. He would have killed. His everyone. chemistry would have been horrible with Carrie Fisher. Too aggressive. Nick Nolte might have been okay, but I'm not as familiar with his work. But I just have a feeling. He I would think go.
1: Christopher Walken is an action star, and he has suave with Carrie Fisher. Yeah,
0: you're right. I think he was perfect. Uh, I think I think Kurt Russell would have been better fit in this role than Luke, but uh, really, yeah, as Han Solo he's more of a oh age. as Han Solo. I yeah. see what you
1: mean. Okay.
0: Um, yeah, I'd Le- say so. Leia was. Uh, I'm not you know. I don't know who any of these people are. Amy Irving, Terry Nunn, Cindy Williams, uh, maybe just more of a. Uh, Cindy Lauper, Whitney Houston. A take on um, how often female actors in this time didn't have as long of a window to no. able to act, which is no, a little sad. Not. Um, and then Peter Cushing was Grand Moff Tarkin. Originally, the role was offered to Christopher Lee. Really? So he would eventually come back. Probably a, a better move in terms of being memorable. Yeah. Um, not that Grand Moff Tarkin is a bad character, but just not as cool as Count Dooku. No. They would
1: they would have had to, in the sequels still because I think both ac- both actors died. Oh, the so uh,
0: Japanese actor Toshiro Mifun, who was in many Kurosawa movies, was considered to be Obi Wan Kenobi, which would have been a very interesting, hmm. uh, different twist. Maybe it would have served the movie well, as there was a lot of white people in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, Especially Yoda's green. <laughs> I had aliens and white people.
1: Y- Yoda's green. You forgot. Yeah, you're right. Yoda's There's a lot green. of green representation. No, and Mace right. Windu
0: eventually. Yeah, Mace Windu. They got, <laughs> they got, got, uh, got a little bit more diverse in the universe. Oh shit, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I I don't know how they have somebody who's the voice of R two D two, but how's that work? How are you the? Did somebody did all those sounds? Yeah. They use it Live. It's so weird. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Someone no, okay, so they, they used the voice on the. They made. Well, probably the. Okay. They, that like, one. mixed him through a synthesizer and stuff. So I it's imagine, like he's barely. One. You can barely count him, but he Because
1: robots can't scream like that.
0: Yeah. James Earl Jones was the voice of Darth Vader, and yep. David Prowse was the. Uh, guy who the guy in, in the suit. The suit. So he got some credit there. Apparently Orson Welles was considered for uh, the voice of uh, Darth Vader, which would have been interesting. He's, of course, known for Citizen Kane, but also for uh, a lot of uh, radio performances. So it made sense. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of the, the acting. But that, that's how they got to those decisions. But I guess, you know, if you look back, uh, Mark Hamill maybe could have been like they maybe could have hired somebody who was better. But at this point in time you're like luke skywalker is mark hamill so mm-hmm. i there's I yeah there's been too you, much progress i don't know if you then. regret that you cast mark hamill you're just i don't have a it. problem with it yeah i don't have a problem with it i think i i get in a little annoyed I, people do hate on mark hamill's performance a little bit and i'm like just just it's endearing to an extent and he is luke he embodies him mm-hmm. so i'm okay with it
1: yeah Now the reception of the actors onto the original trilogy and the subsequent entries is actually pretty poor. I think, I don't even know if Harrison Ford really watched anything past his last film that he did in episode seven.
0: Yeah. And that's not surprising. I mean
1: like even George Lucas is just like, yeah, I've detached myself from these things. Um, so it has kind of become part of the plug and chug machine. So it is unfortunate, but it's also like inevitable. Like we talked about and I already explained why. Um, no need to explain again i th- what it, i was gonna ask this this is kind of just a random insert in here but what what's your favorite character of all the star wars characters of all of them
0: mm-hmm. oh it's tough it's tough oh that is tough it might be han solo okay yeah uh who is that robot in rogue one bb8 no not bb8 it was in Rogue One. Rogue One. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> I forget.
0: K- K2SO, K he's great. Um, if you're going for a really just off the, like, random character, mm-hmm. K2SO is hilarious and really well written. Uh, but I think maybe Han. But it's like a mix of Han and Luke, I feel like, because I feel like I like aspects of both of them. And kind of their, their plots together work really well. I'm not sure I can pick one over the other when you separate them. Yeah, for sure. I'd
1: have to go with Yoda.
0: Yoda? Oh, Yoda, that's great. That's a great one. Yeah,
1: I just think he has the most quotable lines. Yeah. Yeah, All Yoda's good.
0: And, like, C-3PO and R2-D2 to the same extent. Like, just fun. Mm-hmm. You enjoy when they're there. They don't put... I think... I think they don't have too much of them either. Sure. That They haven't gone full Jar Jar. Yeah. Jar Yeah, <laughs> We were going worse characters in Star Wars. <laughs> Jar Jar Banks. Man, the poor actor
1: was Most, given a really hard time yeah. by all the fans, how toxic the fans
0: are. Who's it, Finn? And Yeah, Finn you know, and Rey and them. Finn, Finn just, I felt like they did it. They had a really promising story arc gone awry.
1: Exactly, there. with the whole Stormtrooper arc. Whereby that could have been ninth, beautiful.
0: The ninth movie, it was like, this guy is completely obsolete. Yeah. That That's could sad. have been such a beautiful thing,
1: but no, it did not end up going that way. So, I think another wasted potential thing was Snoke. I think them Snoke dying in episode 8 was um pretty tragic to the story yeah, overall. Yeah, cuz
0: we still don't even know what who in the world is Snoke and what and I don't know, I have so to read much. the source material. I have uh, no I'm idea. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. I
1: don't have time for that. I don't have time to Thing is like this re- for you to know all the details in this, you must devote your entire life. Yeah. it's it's your life or nothing <laughs> you're right you're
0: right <laughs> if you uh, want to know what's going on yeah so i i have a couple questions that i had a couple things written down that we've kind of covered already so i will not bring those up again but i one random question that i had from rewatching this was so yoda and ben kenobi uh both wait or don't tell luke that darth vader is Uh, his father so why do you think they withhold that information that was something that was and Ben's like trying to justify it in the last movie like why he didn't he was like I didn't really lie to you I was like so so why do you Yoda insinuated he was like you weren't ready for the burden but I was like I don't I don't know that that was putting him in a better situation
1: I don't know I think Yoda because Yoda was surprised that Darth told him right Vader told him yeah so I think Yoda and maybe Ben as well were trying to keep that from him so that he could defeat his dad without knowing it, and then could find out after, because um, he was like, "Yeah, we told you the truth, but it's just from a different perspective, and perspectives are actually what truth is," which is actually pretty anti-Jedi in my opinion.
0: Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe the Jedi's were a little bit more uh, manipulative. That's why it didn't seem as pure. Mm-hmm. Like they were still, they were almost, they were manip- they were manipulating Luke. That's what mm-hmm. I want to get at. Like if they were completely straight up with him, they would just tell him this is what you're going into Mm -hmm. and and it almost feels like a little foolish to not tell him because like if they know he's being recruited to the dark side it's a pretty convincing like that's one of the biggest things that darth vader has in his bag to pull out is that like we're related this is your destiny to rule as father and son so i don't really understand the reasoning behind why they withheld
1: well i'm not even sure if the emperor knew that darth told him that he was
0: his father did he the Emperor may not have known. Because yeah. the
1: Emperor didn't know that Darth already threatened the Emperor by saying that we could rule the galaxy. Yeah, he didn't know that. So at the very least, he didn't know that. So I'm not sure if the Emperor knew. So I'm not sure I'm I think Darth Vader and Luke were the only ones that knew about that until Luke told Yoda. But right. I think that Ben and Yoda didn't tell him because they were afraid that his emotions would get a hold of him. I think he had already tried to storm out and fight his fight Darth Vader. And then adding if Yoda were to say also you're about to storm off and I don't think you should storm off. He says this in the empire strike backs, right? He's like, you shouldn't go now. But Luke's like, no, I have to go save my friends. He's like, you are not ready to fight Vader. If Yoda were to add also, he's your father. Then I think Luke would have like, it would have been a lot worse. I think that's my head cannon.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can maybe see it. I just, I think it's just hard for me to like, imagine the, the all good Jedi being like manipulative to an extent. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's like, it, it it's difficult because I know it's like the uh, the argument is, well, it's for the greater good, but it's almost like the white lie for a better reason makes lying okay kind of thing. Well, it's not necessarily
1: good or evil. I think it's light and
0: dark, yeah, which is right. different. You're right. You're right. It is light and dark, and it's like a cosmic battle between the two. Mm-hmm. It's, it can't necessarily be squeezed into the same moral system that maybe And I They don't actually call it the light or. side. You're right. They don't.
1: So It's just the dark side and... Using the, using the Force or whatever. I have no not idea.
0: with the dark side. Yeah. You're right. They don't usually say light side. Maybe because that doesn't sound as cool.
1: I just think there, there was some lack of wisdom in not telling Luke before all these events transpired. Or there was time that took place between these films. The Force ghost could have came and told him, right? Yeah, you think. So Ben could have told him. Yoda could have told him. There was time for him to, like, reason out what it looks like
0: for him to defeat his father and not be succumbed to the dark side in the meantime. And then there was this question that I had that I think there's been videos made on it, and I don't know that I've watched any of them, but as I've always been kind of uh, curious about because people will try to make arguments about everything. But uh, was the Empire the Imperial Empire? Were they actually in the right? How much like is is the Rebel Alliance as good as we think it is? Is maybe more of the question. I think you can say that the, I mean, the Empire, basically this is the where the movie is like very simplistic. Cause they're basically like, we're bad. Like we're using the dark side of the force. So they're basically admitting they're evil. Yeah. They're like bad guys who are like, we are bad guys. Mm-hmm. You find in real life, a lot of the villains in real life don't admit to being villains. Mm-hmm. Right. They have some sort of justification for what they're doing. Yeah. Um, however, uh you know however whatever mental barriers they have to go over to justify those things they find a way to do it um maybe some people like know that they're they're doing something bad or like admit to it but Mm -hmm. a lot of people try to hide that information from themselves in this movie it's like no we we know we're bad but like is the rebel alliance like we don't have much background on them like is it possible that they're I don't know. Not th- looking for the best interest of the galaxy you know, by being rebels.
1: You know, Ben, when we look at institutions, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it really is probably person by person. I think,
0: well, what is the Empire's plan? It's, well, wh- here's what Vader said to Luke. He said, we can rule the Empire and bring peace to the galaxy.
1: By destroying planets.
0: Yeah, you're right. You can't really justify that. But that was a rebel planet. They had stepped out of line from the Empire. But is that peace? Well, it's peace because nobody will step out of line anymore. But is it, You're is right, it peace in the... But like, I want you to
1: argue that. I, is it peace yeah. in the general sense? Like the galaxy has peace between itself? Or yeah, is it like, peace between no the Empire it's, and it's, the galaxy? It's
0: like... We had to blow up this planet to end war. It's kind of like we dropped the bomb on Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, we just went there.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, we have our own we history. We did just review of, Oppenheim. We have
0: our own history in the U.S. of using this very same strategy. Okay. Now, okay. So, did the Rebel Alliance have their bombing of Pearl Harbor? I have no idea. So, so and I'm kind of isolating this from whatever happened in the original trilogy. Like, I'm thinking only original trilogy not all don't add it so all nazi germany were the rebels in this no, instance no nazi germany was not the rebels they would have been no wait maybe they were the rebels though in the
1: in in your analogy nazi germany was luke skywalker <laughs> and no. the axis wait. powers were the emperor darth vader and the death Star. <laughs>
0: No, I was not comparing the entire the entire World War II. I was simply saying they blew up Andor, which killed a lot of people and we the US also dropped two bombs in Japan and killed like a bunch of people. Gotcha. So, so just don't the take the analogy too far, okay? Yeah, just don't take it too far. Okay. Cuz I'm only going to stretch it to the point where it's convenient for my argument. Okay, all right. So, sounds good.
1: You sound like a never mind. Yeah, <laughs> like a politician. Maybe, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think to some extent lawlessness in the galaxy has proven to and this is just a fictional thing has proven to be bad. Yeah. So I think some order is is needed, but maybe the best way to keep the order is through the Jedi order. True.
0: Now, the thing is, the Imperial it was ruled there's an empire, it seems like he's all powerful, but they do have a senate. So there's a lot of questions I have about the structure. You could say it's like a puppet Senate. So there are checks and balances. Yeah. So it's like not completely. A, a is it totally, democratic? I don't say it's democratic. There
1: are elected officials that there's elected, convene.
0: Yeah, there's elected officials that convene. So it's kind of democratic. I mean, he can't rule this galaxy by himself without a Senate. This is it's actually what happened. Alaska. No, the Senate was in the prequels, I thought. Yeah, but
1: then the emperor takes over the Senate.
0: Yeah, he takes over the Senate he's he's the em- So the empire is he, above he the Senate. He goes from being the chancellor to the emperor. So he's mm. above the Senate. He can do whatever he wants. But I think for day-to-day operations of the galaxy or whatever whoever's in this, uh he has to have a Senate cuz he,
1: but he still has overarching reach yeah, to do whatever want, he wants. Something.
0: Now, you have to question why did they have to build a death star? I think that's where the argument kind of falls apart Cause Maybe like, that's the weapon. It's like it's like they're saying they're trying to bring peace to the galaxy and order. That's a, a lot of uh, nationalistic groups love to say that they're bringing order and peace. That's mm-hmm. their, like, argument. You just have to go through the period of war to get to the point where we're going to say we have peace. Yeah. But then they're also building a massive thing just in case. Yeah. You know. Well, they plan to use it because they. And they, uh, will, they They did use it. I mean, they tried twice. They, first one was destroyed. Yeah. I think that's a great point then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I, I kind of stymied my own. Uh, position there yeah you're right
1: but also there is an element of the rebels probably weren't all that good too because the rebels are destroying any chance of order that the galaxy has because if their galaxy is going to get order it's going to be by force yeah because you have all these smuggler nations in the outer rim and these things like that that crime occurs in some horrible horrible places like moss eisley exist but i think The way that in which they do it, building a Death Star is not the way to go about. Obviously, like these, I'm saying obvious things, but it's not the way to do it.
0: Yeah, there has to be a more efficient. I I think you're right about the rebels. Though I think it's very difficult for for a rebellion to like turn out to be a really good thing because in its nature, you're you have a plan for like what you're trying to stop, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have a plan for what you're gonna do once you stop the thing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what happens to a lot of rebellions, right? I mean, the, U- the American Revolution, as we, uh, our history has taught to us like so much, like we know so much about it, was unique because it was like, there was a lot of intellectual things that occurred and writing and structure and arguments that happened before you know any sort of actual fighting happened. So yes. that there was an idea of what was going to happen yes. when, uh, you know, it was an independent nation. But then, look, just a few short years later, at the French Revolution, it was a pretty uh, well executed rebellion. Like they were able to overthrow the emperor and the ruling class. But then, okay, what do we do now? Mm-hmm. That's the, I mean, that's the problem with rebellion, and that's why uh, people are critical of like how our military goes in and supports rebellions because. You know, you're not necessarily always supporting people who are better than the, they appear better at the time than the whoever's ruling because anything sure. appears better than the rulers of some of the places that are, are very oppressive. But then uh, there's not always a plan. And, and it is easier to make decisions when you just got one guy making the decisions. Yeah. So it concentrates power. The things happen faster. So, but then it's harder for people to give up that power.
1: Although the death toll so. is high in rebellions, and although that. Uh, it is extremely difficult mentally and physically, and a lot of resources are used in that time of the rebellion. The harder part is the rebuilding. Yes. And figuring out what to do after.
0: Yeah, and the, and I get uh, some rebellions are necessary. I mean, it's like I, I don't know whether you could say necessary, but they're it's like they almost have to happen. I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, some some countries have been in civil war for like hundreds of years. They've never really been out of the rebellion stage. Mm-hmm. There's always just. A rebellion and a not rebellion. Yeah. So.
1: So I think we've solved what this movie represents, huh?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, from a political standpoint. Sure. No. What does it re- represent? Um. Like not. I'm trying to think what. Not I political. Nothing. Like, not exists out of the political realm, Ben. We've yeah, You're that. right. You're right. Okay. Fair enough. Like from a personal, st- I mean, we said hero's journey. It's like the personal achievement, the change of. Han, Leia, Luke, they're different people by the end. So I also think it's the that. restoration of family. Yeah. You're I right. think that's a big that's a big part of it. That's why I really like it. And redemption and forgiveness
1: too yes. with
2: Darth Vader's arc.
0: Yeah,
1: like even though he does become like probably one of the most evil people in the universe, <laughs> he is redeemed at the end. Right? <laughs> it's like Saint Paul. It's pretty much the same exact thing,
0: right? Yeah. So I think that, that that's a great aspect of it. Like um, you said, he at the end of the day he kinda does save the universe. sort of yeah and Luke
2: in an odd way because he just picks
1: up the emperor and just throws him down and the emperor does nothing
0: yeah so So, I mean maybe don't give him too much credit but he did something yeah it maybe didn't it doesn't I mean it's not equal this for that you did this bad thing and this good thing it's not like we're going by the weights well Uh, Star Wars
1: almost did because when Luke cut off Darth Vader's hand he looks at his own hand and kind of was like hand for hand so
0: you're right so I the, think Star the Force Wars was is
1: much more of a balance thing yeah. than yin yang, other perspectives. Yeah, it's definitely Eastern mysticism, um,
0: but the midichlorians are actually what matters. Oh my. <laughs> I was telling somebody, talking to this one of my, I was telling my friends I was watching Star Wars. Somebody mentioned something about the midichlorians. I was like, "This is where Star Wars got ruined for me." Mm-hmm. I just like the Force was cooler when I, there weren't like little things in your body that, like, there wasn't a. Scientific It went a very sciencey route from a movie that was supposed to be missed. It just is confusing. I mean, that's the the original the prequel trilogy's biggest fault is it try it like is like a scientific breakdown of Star Wars, <laughs> and it phil- <coughs> it really
1: uh, does get into cloning and everything like that. Kind of goes into this from the science fiction realm to the
0: science realm. It's yeah, it's not fiction. I mean, mysticism, I guess you would say, is an almost not really science fiction. Yeah, it's just like. Uh, fantasy yeah fantasy a lot of fantasy has like magic and stuff that it's like you're not explaining it with a scientific like midichlorians or anything it's just this happens because of magic yeah it's vague it's not there's no answers for it
1: and that's another example of them adding something and trying to fix something that wasn't broken yes Mm -hmm. prime example I would Mm -hmm. say prime example that might be nobody
0: was asking for midichlorians to be explained is that a worse addition than Jar Jar Binks i think subtly maybe yes okay. i think overtly jar jar binks was more damaging you can
1: ignore jar jar binks you can't ignore midichlorians yeah
0: but i think the thing is jar jar binks is cheesy like really cheesy but star wars has always been cheesy so maybe you can forgive it to an extent okay like maybe it was cheesy in like the wrong ways that people didn't like sure but midichlorians that like changes the fabric of how you yeah. thought of this it's thing more working. integral to the skywalker saga yeah
2: yeah
1: so as the Skywalker saga kind of goes from generation to generation where you have Anakin and just kind of we don't know who his father was right the force almost like Mary in the inception of Jesus it is weird it's almost like Anakin is like she'd, she'd, he doesn't Jesus have figure. a father yeah and Anakin is incepted the by force the force had sex with Anakin's mom had coitus coitus yep and then they eventually give birth to Anakin and Anakin's Midichlorian count is high apparently which because is like the a force virus is,
0: Whatever the forces has a high middle Korean count, They're, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. I bet you. It's like never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, never mind. Never mind.
1: All right. The uh, <laughs> try to remember it for later. <laughs> but the the force itself is in, kind of injected in yeah. almost in an almost uh,
0: divine way into in a divine, Anakin. but very literal sense. Yeah, because it's literally bugs. Yeah. so
1: bugs have infested
0: Anakin yeah it's like bug. they're not even mic- it's like microorganism. like yeah yeah they're not it's so weird
1: but anyway that's the first generation he meets Padme you know he eventually turns evil and destroys everything he's built up on the path of the light and becomes on the dark side which then he aids the top most evil guy ever and then his son he doesn't really know that his son and their her twin is born and his twin sorry and they go and are spread out they grow up they finally meet with their father he dies they take over the jedi order and then they then leia eventually has a kid who is also evil and it's just like this cycle of like skywalker after skywalker um so it goes anakin to luke to um kylo and this and obviously Ray is the main character of the next saga, who's actually a descendant of Palpatine, which is also a weird twist. Um, and I'm not really sure what happened in the, in, in between generation between Ray and Palpatine. Uh, these generations kind of show like this big st- overarching story that the universe is putting its focus on this family, the Skywalker family, right? The force has chosen this family, right? From its, from the inception of Anakin, right? The force incepted his mother and, To the close of the Skywalker saga with Rey um, kind of turning Kylo Ren back to the light. It shows like the temptation for the Skywalkers is very high because their powers are very high, right? Where Anakin, the first generation, and Kylo, the third generation, spent some time on the dark side. But eventually are redeemed. Um, And Luke never really goes that far. He's in the middle generation. But it's like the high midichlorian count also comes with the cost of being tempted and even spending time in the dark side Uh, but there's always redemption for the skywalkers and i wonder if moving on if there will be any other skywalkers that have redemption or go to the dark side
0: i have a question yeah when luke there's a point when luke and vader are fighting where uh vader says something i forget what he says but it's very like luke is upset about it he says i think he's talking about leia turning to the dark side yeah and then he like reacts very strongly and is like overpowering him, cuts off his hand. At that point, was he using the dark side of the force? I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like he. It was like he started down the road and then s- caught himself. And then almost. he could have killed his father and caught himself. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And in the same way, when he has that realization, goes back to the light. His father saw that, and his father
0: emulates that. True. So, it just took him a few more years.
1: Yeah. So the Skywalker's had been chosen by the Force to be really on the brink of light or dark side but to have the ultimate power and I wonder, this is my theory this is my theory, the reason that the Skywalkers are either really bad or really good and are kind of in the mix in between is because the force chose a family to balance itself out on the light and the dark side it couldn't just choose a family that would only be on the light side, it couldn't just choose a family that's only on the dark side, it chose a family that would give an equal or a pretty close amount of light and dark side so that it itself could be balanced, yin-yang. That's my theory. I think that's what the Skywalker Saga is about. I don't think it's about anything but the Force. I think the Force controls all and ends all. There are so many parallels, even to Christianity, to Eastern mysticism, to Kurosawa. <laughs> yeah, Kurosawa movies. <laughs> it's funny that he's on the pedestal with them, with religion.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess, I guess he is. He represents whatever. Uh, I, I honestly don't even know what kurosawa's like religious representation would even be but he was obviously extremely influential on in these movies
1: yeah man so that's the skywalker saga in a nutshell the force chooses a family to balance itself out. i
0: feel like we haven't even discussed the fact that people call this a space opera that's like a term you hear all the time about star wars like Why a soap you, opera kind of but yeah, space opera yeah it's like it just keeps this going is like wikipedia this is a space op- opera is a subgenre of science fiction that Emphasizes space warfare with use of melodramatic, risk-taking space adventures, relationship, and chivalric uh, romance like chivalry. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's like yeah, it's a soap. Star opera. Trek would be another example. So yeah, Flash Gordon was that. Yeah, Is what they're saying. Flash. So yeah, I th- I think uh, space opera is an apt term term for it, and it's probably the greatest one that there's been. Yeah. Another thing I
1: wanted to think was just kind of the world building of, of this franchise. Just like all of the different places that are so recognizable to us today, right? If we think of two suns, the first thing we think of is Tatooine. Um, and a few examples of the places we got to visit in this, in this original trilogy um, are Tatooine, Yavin 4, which is the first rebel base in that forest planet, and then Hoth, which are where the second rebel base was, uh, Dagobah, where Yoda was, Bespin, where Cloud City uh, kind of harbored in the clouds up there, endor the death star alderaan kind of has like a cameo um and then there are some other cameos as well coruscant Uh, has a cameo in the remastered version yeah and uh um, uh, naboo as well oh Um, yeah uh, so
0: where jar jar is from yeah so one thing that always kind of confused me about the world building of star wars but i'm sure there's there might actually be like a good answer is that like every planet is like one ecosystem but is that just, like, the reality that... That's a good point. No, I, I'm just curious. I'm wondering
1: like, if these planets are smaller.
0: Yeah. Like, is it, like, relative to their distance to whatever their star they're orbiting, it just makes sense for the whole planet to be woods? Well, I think but we like see every that every with Uranus is, is, yeah. and stuff
1: like that. But there are different atmospheres and temperatures and conditions of the planets. All
0: the planets they go to support life to an extent. A human they're life. all
1: in the Goldilocks zone.
0: Yeah. Fermi's <laughs> paradox
1: <laughs> is a sham, according to this uh, universe.
0: Yeah, because isn't like the i just heard joe rogan talking about this Uh, like the nearest planet in the goldilocks zone is like 14 light years away from us Mm -hmm. but like there's a bunch of them in the same galaxy Mm -hmm. in this universe yep so there i mean there are conditions that must be met for life to exist according to our scientific calculations no life life in general yeah because
1: all life is water-based
0: yeah You'd have to come up with a different definition of life if you were to say something else.
1: Exactly. Organic life is what we know to be life. Yeah. So if there's another type of life out there, it has not been discovered. And we don't know the mechanics of it. We don't even, we can't even comprehend
0: how it it would work. Yeah, because everything that we've researched is this form of life. Exactly. We've learned
1: from the base knowledge of our own bodies. We just look at ourselves in the mirror and go, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. So, yeah. And modern medicines come from really just dissecting
0: ourselves.
2: Yeah, so Not they don't. From anything they cool don't love
0: having multi, just like different kind of ecosystems on the same planet. That doesn't happen in Star Wars. It's like this planet's the desert planet. This planet's the, and obviously it was easier to do it that way. So it mm-hmm. makes sense. But the forest planet, the jungle planet, <laughs> the city planet, snowy. Although yeah. Coruscant is like half an ice cap, I guess. Oh, is it? If you look at the, I didn't know that. The expanded, you know, the encyclopedias and stuff. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And maybe that's
1: just so, like, we can remember, distinguish the planets I think from one another as well. I think to an
0: extent that. Um, like, Tatooine will always be the desert one. Like, it's, all oh, just Tatooine out here, you know? Yeah, and they make it look like yeah, there's other desert planets in Star Wars, I think, but you can always tell it's Tatooine. Oh, yeah. So that's the cool thing about and it. And they always put the two suns. The architecture of the two suns, but even the sand looks a certain way. Maybe. <laughs> kind of kidding about that. Actually, do they go to that many other desert planets, though? I don't know. I don't know. Sahara.
1: Sahara did. But yeah, even Jabba's Palace is in Tatooine, so you're right. So a lot of it... I mean, many of the shows take place on Tatooine, too, like uh, hey, Boba Fett. So.
0: Arguably, Tatooine is the planet of Star Wars, which is interesting. Yeah, I'd say that. It represents... It's very low class. Well, that's where Anakin's from. It's on the from. fringes of the... Yes, and Skywalkers are mm-hmm. rooted in Tatooine, mm-hmm. which is interesting because it's like a very humble place to be from. And yeah. obviously, he was... like in slavery when they met him so there's like that aspect of it mm-hmm. um re- it's like a not only is it a uh, unknown to known force like learn how to use the force but also like a rags to riches story mm-hmm. um or rags or rags or like relative obscurity to being a hero kind of arc. <laughs> unknown to known sure and, yeah
1: yeah i think you're right that's definitely an aspect of it i think a. Uh, Cool thing about Tatooine, though, because I think even Ray's from there, right? Yep. And but the only Skywalker or Solo, whatever, I, I know Ben takes the last name of Ben Solo. Is he from Tatooine, or was he? I don't know. I don't remember where Leia Ben and, Solo. Yeah, I don't remember
0: where I Leia and so. Han raised him. I I think they're on a different planet. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're just floating around. Yeah,
1: in space. Fighting battles all day. Lost in space. Oh, wait, but Ben did study under Luke for a while. Yeah, but I forget where that was at. There was yeah, like a place. Remember. There was a Jedi Order somewhere. I wonder if it was... Yeah, I don't remember. But And then in the new film, there's going to be a new film where Rey actually continues the Jedi Order. Apparently, there can only be like one Jedi at a time in
0: all of the movies that we've seen. <laughs> so. so now they're going to have... which They don't have the rule of the twos anymore, so... Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I still mean, learning the that I mean, in the first means. movie, there is uh obi-wan and yoda and then so there's two jedi uh-huh. but obi-wan dies pretty soon so then there's one jedi and then there's like a transitional period between yoda to luke so like there's a very brief period there's two jedi yeah um i think now with the other canon and stuff there might be like ahsoka might still be alive like there's like random stuff like some people might have escaped and mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of controversy. Maybe there was a couple others, but it doesn't matter. It's not inconsequential to the Skywalker side. The yet, force wasn't were, concentrated they were enough. They so far w- removed from wherever that doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah.
1: Any any other good things that have come subsequently since uh, the original trilogy? I would say just the Mandalorian season one and Andor.
0: That is it for me. The, oh, you're talking about like, I like Rogue One.
1: Oh, Rogue One. I forgot. That might be the best thing that's come for, since the sequels.
0: Yeah, and I read opinion. the book before. It's like pretty interesting. So you were into reading the books. I'm just that one. Okay. For whatever reason, I read okay. that one. I think my brother read it too, and he recommended it, and I liked it. It's like not. It's like a very easy book to read too. So okay. Um, I was trying to think, like, what things do you think wouldn't exist without Star Wars? Ooh, Spaceballs. Well, yeah. The immediate first thing that comes out after that would be a parody. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, Spaceballs. I mean... um, Much of the
1: space... Many of the space opera genre.
0: Yeah. I think maybe this might be a loose... Do you think comic book movies would have been seen as a viable thing without Star Wars? No. Because they're nerdy. Or it would have come up later. Yeah. Because I think... So that took them a while before they still made, like, comic book movies. That Star
1: would. Wars honestly made being a nerd mainstream.
0: Yeah, you're right. That That is something I thought about. I don't think it was right away that this happened. I think over time this happened. Mm-hmm. Because it was, like, kids who, like, grew up with Star Wars being super important to them with the action figures and everything. Mm-hmm. Then again, they got a second round of it with the prequel trilogy. So everyone was excited. So – and then – yeah, it became socially acceptable to just be like I'm super into star War, like Star Wars, mm-hmm. like science fiction. Yeah. It just doesn't have to be like I'm weird and isolated anymore. Yeah. So we've never really grown up in a in an era where you weren't allowed to like Star Wars yeah. and be in the cool crowd. Yeah. Maybe now you wouldn't like advertise it to everyone, but No. You can make it your thing. You can be a nerd essentially. Yeah, I you mean being a nerd is podcast. the norm now. You can start a podcast about movies.
1: Most people are, like, engaged pretty heavily into some type of franchise these days.
0: Yeah. Or people are nerds in lots of different ways. I mean, people who, like, really follow sports, like, really, really follow – and, like, follow the intricacies of the stats. You're like, oh, these people are nerds. Like, they're they're just nerds for sports. Mm -hmm. Like, it's almost like everyone has to have their thing that they're, like, obsessive about. Exactly. It's just people, like, box certain things into being, oh, this is cooler to – be a nerd about yeah but at the end of the day you're actually just a nerd yeah
1: and being a fan of the newer star wars things kind of makes it seem like you're not a true star wars fan too there's kind of this dividing of the fan base yeah so there is disney has unsuccessfully had success in trying to
0: divide the fan base yeah they've made it an elitism model like oh yeah they have
1: they've there are rankings within the star wars culture
0: this is how toxic it is this is like it's like movies it's like it's like us trying to ascend the movie ladder where it's like oh yeah actually these movies we said were good actually we don't think there is our first episode we talk. I talked about Inception I don't know we both talked about Inception like it was the greatest movie really like we, we both said like really really positive things about Inception yeah but in, in I've I've, I've
1: never loved Inception
0: even Yeah, but since like, I first watched I it it might have been more me but you said something positive about it you said something about Inception being complicated like you're like oh it's not as complicated as Inception it's not what was it good, good time? time yeah it's definitely not no but but we talked that was our frame of reference for what movie was complicated oh i see then. what you're saying okay. so okay. now we've watched more movies we have realized that inception's actually not really that complicated and that there's other movies that are far more complicated than inceptions like in inland empire so by memento episode 99 we're talking about how we don't necessarily not like inception but we have this like we've become a, li- a little bit more pretentious about things, which can take fun out of stuff for people, but it can also be, I've argued over many episodes that being pretentious to a healthy degree, maybe not to an unhealthy extent <laughs> can add to the fun. Yeah. Um, and the, the sort of uh, friendly banter that can come along. You just have to be careful how far you take it. Yeah. Um, I think you're right. And with which people you're bantering with and talking about, you know, because people will go on the internet and, say all kinds of stuff because they can't see people's faces. And this happens not just within movies, but anything. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you have to realize these people aren't your friends. They're not gonna take what you're saying in the same way that your friends might take it where they realize that like you're just trying to have fun with them even though True. even though you're trying to act like you're in a more elite model of consuming art, which is already kind of a strange concept to begin with. But yeah. But you do learn there. There are levels to think. I mean, there is levels to. I would argue there are levels to art. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you have to like the higher levels of art or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't mean you have to. That has to be your thing.
1: Speaking of levels, this is something I thought as we were watching it. <coughs> Will there be a Star Wars movie where there is almost the idea or theme of the li- of liberating the droids?
0: Maybe. I, I feel like it's already kind of um, referenced subtly throughout Star Wars really? that droids are, like, lower class individuals. Oh, and, yeah. and Well, it definitely is. Well, they are. And that, and that like, that's not necessarily a good thing. It's like, but you're right. I mean, they still, even though it's like you have a good owner or a bad owner. But the weird thing about droids is you can literally just wipe their brain. But they also added the human element to droids. Like, certain droids, not all droids are the same. Some droids don't have a personality. They people program the personality into the droid, so it's it's kind of a dumb argument for the. Do you think humans will get to a point where droids have rights? I mean, people are already talking about it. I feel like because we're with AI, that's the the hot button topic. Like that's we're trying to make things that do have personality, and as soon as we, what is, is it called anthropomorphism? Is that yep, yeah. So, as soon as you anthropomorphize robots, you're going to start to, like, place emotions onto them. We already
1: have done that with animals.
0: Yes, we have. You're right, we have.
1: So, I'm wondering, and animals have and increased there's their rights. And huge
0: animal rights activists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you're right. I mean, I, it probably will happen then, yeah.
1: I'm just wondering, like, it, will it get so sad to where the definition of life is just we think it's alive? Is it already that? For many, sure. I don't think everybody. I think there the yet.
0: definition of life right now is just kind like, of conv- like, like the conv- consensus convenience or like, like, oh yeah, things are life when we when it's convenient for us to be yeah, life. That is the consensus
1: of yeah. the day. You're very right in that. I'm thinking specifically between different species.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, maybe we'll get to the point where it's like, I don't know. But maybe, maybe I, I always wonder though. People talk like everything's going in one direction but i always wonder whether there'll be like swing backs like things swing forward and they swing back sometimes but it feels like with technology it's very much just a swing forward it's not really like like, it's like there's no do you think someone said oh these phones
1: and computers they're just a fad they'll swing back
0: they're right people probably said that but they're not right they're not right i mean Mm -hmm. they are kind of right to the extent that computers won't always be relevant like at some point, computers will be obsolete because something else will replace it. Yeah, Neuralink. But something that's more scary than a computer would have been to that person would be the thing that's replacing it.
1: Would you get the Neuralink chip?
0: Uh, not right now, no. I mean, it not gets, now. If it's if it was flawless. It gets harder and harder when uh, more people would have it. It's more like part of life. It just feels like you're giving over yourself. Do you the think we get to a point where it. they
1: force the Neuralink chip like the vaccine?
0: Maybe. I think that will be how it comes out. <laughs> I think it will be. There will be a you get the Neuralink and then there'll be a bunch of people who are like, this is they'll, it'll be like vaccine rights. I mean, it will be like that.
1: It's for the health of others. Get the Neuralink. Yeah. Your stupidity is infectious.
0: Yeah, it will be. And then but I think it'll have a much more a much greater financial impact on the people who refuse than not getting the vaccine. Did.
1: Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe some people lost their the jobs. Vaccine.
0: Uh, you're right some people did lose their jobs so yeah. that but i think now you can get a job again so okay it was a couple of years impact could be mean a lot for some people yeah but i think Neuralink, that's something that changes like covid covid changed the world but now it's the world is slowly there's certain things that can't change back i guess but things are slowly going back to kind of like how they were mm. but Neuralink things don't go back that's what i'm saying Hmm. that's the difference yeah i guess so that that's my projection
1: it would just be more interesting than the tv
0: yeah to see that play out
1: our our eyes would be on the news again just like beginning of uh you know the uh, 2020 Big i don't want to say the c word because then we'll have to learn more about c19
0: you know Did i already said it
1: oh really will it be on
0: It'll be so interesting.
1: I think it's like there's
0: like a limit of like how yeah. much. I feel like we, I feel like you've mentioned it before and we never got flagged. Or maybe. That would be so funny if we did that. I wonder For like what the limit episode, is. Yeah. It's like flagged.
2: <laughs> they get to the vaccine like not, conspiracy theories like at the end.
0: Not even during COVID really. Like, or oh, I said it again. Not during the <laughs> C word. Yeah. But i like want to get us flagged.
1: Yeah, actually that's funny that you mentioned it though cuz that's actually when we started the podcast was right would when the, all that started. Would the
0: podcast have even it might not have started without that. Was it during that? It was during that. Did yeah. we
1: start after it's after March of 2020? Yeah, we
0: did. It was okay. we started in August of 2020.
1: Oh, uh, it's kind of late. We were late to the game, man.
0: We were late to the game. Um but I started watching movies in covid cuz we were just home. That's right. That's so right. So that was a big impact for me personally. <laughs> Things have changed. I watched changed. like Goodfellas and Taxi Driver and stuff because yeah. we were ju- we were just at home. We met for Bible class like once a week. That's right. And we had these little write ups I would write about. Like I remember writing about like how I was listening to the Meat Puppets and like <laughs> weird. I would try to make like these obscure bands. I was like, and our teacher and would be like, "All right." Week. He's like, "Okay, <laughs> great." We're like Meat Puppets. Just yeah. uh, yeah. Go home. <laughs> I still do that in my classes. I'll still write about random stuff that nobody cares about. That was an interesting day.
1: time. That was when we had nothing going on. It was nice.
0: Yeah. Just go to the coffee shop. Yeah, literally that whole first semester of college, like we had so much time to hang out because there was nothing, no events going on, mm-hmm. <laughs> extra, uh, you know. And we were we were transitioning anyway from high school, so our responsibilities weren't as high as they've been later in college. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was such an interesting time.
1: Yeah, definitely nothing i wonder what i wonder i wish we could like interview three years ago our versions
0: would we be would we be proud of ourselves where like what we've done i mean i don't think we've necessarily gained a whole ton of traction in terms of like building a big audience but i think truthfully i don't think that's always that's we'll be we would uh like love to have a big audience but that's if it was why we were doing it we would have quit already (laughs) true so that's what Well our peak say. is yet to come. Yeah, that's what we're saying. <laughs> our peak is yet to come. Yeah. And you know, it's like it's like that meme of the guy who's like, if you quit gambling now, like ninety percent of gamblers quit right before they're gonna hit a big. That's us. Like ten years from now, we're still gonna be tripping away, we're gonna find that diamond mine. Yeah. Well
1: I was yeah. just thinking I mean, we had talked about it earlier or a couple maybe it was a couple weeks ago, but will it take another three years for another hundred episodes?
0: Very likely, yes. <laughs> I can't. I think you're right. Our lives are are not necessarily set to slow down to the point that it will be, like, easier to record. True. We we might have to, like, re-strategize how we do things. True. Um, Which is not bad, I think. Well, part of, I mean, we have re-strategized how we did nothing, like, a bunch of times in the first 100 episodes. Yeah. I think that's what you learn. I mean, if you stay stagnant and always just do the same thing, uh, you, well, personally, you probably just kind (laughs) of grow bored of it if you do that, too. Sure. But also, like, that's kind of how creative things go. You just like are trial and erroring it until something hits.
1: I love that you use that as a verb. I think my past would be somewhat proud, somewhat disappointed, as in general for the podcast. Proud so, for the podcast?
0: Yeah, I think I'd be proud. I'd be like, hundred episodes. That's it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how I think about it. I'm like, on one sense, I would be like. I've uh, been maybe had like super high aspirations. Been like, man, we that we didn't, th- we didn't do this or that. But on the other hand, we made it to 100 episodes. I mean, not most people who make podcasts don't make it to 100. I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back too much, but but most people don't make it to 100. No, it's act, it, like most podcasts ends end within the first 10 episodes. This
1: is proof that we're not doing it for the numbers.
0: Exactly that we've gone this long without being successful. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Because uh, it takes a certain type of person to be able to do something with like no and, and get no credit, and for we're, it. That <laughs> we're that person. We're that person. Yeah, that's us. And uh, I always love talking with people about it because they immediately. I I think a lot of people don't really understand the like uh, why you would want to do it without it. But I think for people, for somebody who. It, who is like really interested in like researching things and like kind of stimulating your mind, to like try to figure out ways to talk about them or understand them. Like it's a lot easier. It's kind of like, you know how there used to be philosophers and they just like kind of walk around and talk about their theories mm-hmm. on life. That's what podcasting is kind of. Yeah. Like the dialogues of Socrates. For everyone can do it. And, um, I mean, there's negatives to podcasting. <laughs> like, I, w- I mean, sometimes I'm thankful to not be famous or to never have gone viral because some people go viral, but it's because they're just sound like really stupid. True. Like, you lo- watch their like how these three people bought mics and they're just like They, It's happening too early for them. They need to work out or they don't really have anything to add. And it's also given. I mean, there's so many people who. They, I don't even know they have podcasts. They just like record themselves like in front of a microphone release clips on like reels and stuff they're like scam art it's like a, a scam artist and con artists they just thrive in the environment of of and they're just like andrew tate just saying yeah andrew tate like that sort of brand of of person people who are even, even i would say uh, maybe not worse than andrew tate in some ways like andrew tate has like done actually done actions that i can say okay that's reprehensible that's like really bad like things that he's actually done outside of what he's said but there's some people who just say stuff that are just like blatant like blatantly manipulative in lies and it's just so annoying um so you hope you're like not that person but the
1: um, worst would at. be to be boring as you said
0: yeah yeah i and i think we i think we've gotten more interesting um over time but hopefully in 100 episodes we'll be even more interesting That's yeah the hope
1: yeah we'll be relating all of our uh movies to patient experiences.
0: <laughs> Yo, yeah, exactly. I I mean the re- yeah, the reality is I keep saying the reality is. Yep. Um, the we, truth is, the truth is we the we will yeah, we'll just be more and more in that world than we are now as time goes on. And everything will be I mean, the other night I had worked a couple shifts at the hospital and I was trying to go to sleep and like everything was the hospital in my head for that moment while I was trying to go to sleep. It's like your life becomes it. And then and then you snap out of it and you're back to reality. It's funny. Then you're
1: right back in the next day?
0: Yep. Next day, right back in it. Mm-hmm. You just beca- and well, then when you get your time off, you separate yourself completely from it. It's kind of nice. And
1: then you just become desensitized. You go to the mall and see someone have a heart attack. You're like, all right. Let's you know, just <laughs> see that every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> truthfully, you just become desensitized. I mean, if you work at the ICU or something yeah. like that. You're like, so. yep. That happens to people. Yep, but I think we'll make it. Hopefully, another hundred episodes. I hope we keep going
0: yeah. as long as possible. You know, as long Until as possible. Until we both die. Yeah, hopefully that's not. always <laughs> been my goal. I've have never had a. I mean, there might be like like, like logistically more difficult, but with the internet that we're blessed with, there's lots of ways to keep things going even, even uh, without being physically together. So
1: true yeah bernie Rao is a great experience
0: of that or yeah. example of that yeah we'd have to maybe learn some more technical things but yeah he kind of did all the work that day I, I probably know yeah yeah he did actually uh, i probably know more technical things that i did but i still have a lot to learn i love my goal for the podcast is honestly not even be, to make money myself it's just to like have enough money to be able to pay someone to like do all of the editing and all of the Everything. A producer, and we just sit here and talk.
1: One day we're gonna hire David back.
0: Yeah, and he'll it'll be his full. time job. It'll be job. his full time job. That's the goal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, like I said, I, I don't even have to be making money on it. <laughs> yeah. It can be all David. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That'll be nice. Yeah,
1: but until then, what are we at for time? Uh, it's we're not we're
0: not quite at the uh, three and a half hour mark, but we're at we're at two fifteen. I mean, uh, okay. yeah, it's all right. Yeah, three and a half hours. It's gonna be or three hours and 40 minutes i think it was that's gonna be hard to top that
1: was our infinity war end game yeah and that was that was going scene by scene but though. yeah
0: we were one scene by scene and we um, took a bathroom break yeah we did and a food break actually we yeah the, well we recorded a whole other podcast that day too yeah we recorded, on top of the three hour yeah, we did 40- an episode episode 49 that day i don't know how we did that sitting here right now i'm like which one was that the, was lobster? the lobster
1: how yeah. do i remember that okay
0: Yeah, Yeah, so that's we took the food break in between those. So we recorded the lobster for an hour. Yeah. And then then we did three hours and 40 minutes. So we did about five hours of podcasting that day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. We had a
1: lot of energy back then. We did. We had a lot of stamina. The kids take it out of us these days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they do. Don't worry. None of us are pregnant. No, no. Hopefully one day. by another... what are the predictions by another hundred episodes? How many kids between <laughs> us? Well, the that's 90. the question you're well, asking. The,
0: how many kids? This okay. Um, we should we should do some predictions for uh, what our lives will look like in in a hundred years. Okay, so not a hundred years. Hundred Hundred episodes. I was about to say. Um. So, hundred episodes from now, are are you an MD or are you still in school?
1: Hopefully, I'm still in school because we said three years. Right? We
0: said three years. So yeah, we still got still be four school. and a half
1: years till that's done.
0: Yep. All right, you got one for me.
1: That was stupid. Do a different one. Do a different one.
0: Yeah, that one was like the easiest. Yeah. One. <laughs> All right. Uh, three, uh, 100 episodes from now, are you married? Hopefully in three years. Hopefully in three years. Okay. I would that's, say that's I would a, I would say that's my, a low ball for me because I'm my, I have a wedding because you have so. a wedding in five months. Yeah.
1: I actually think I could I could confidently say yes if it works out yeah like that's and i think anybody else would agree
0: yeah i mean yeah that that would make sense that's all that was another i don't know maybe this is harder than i thought it was gonna be are you gonna be alive are you gonna be alive (laughs) (laughs) yeah because those are both like not very hard ones do you have a child i'm gonna say yes wow i'm gonna say yes that's so cute little timmy can't wait i think three years yeah i think timeline could work out for that one just thinking little timmy Um, will you have directed a movie in three Oof. years Probably not because I'll be
1: in the throes of medical school unless I do one in the summer before. yeah,
0: that was also stupid okay this is this is way harder than Then you that suck was, at I'm this. mine not, was good. I'm just not very creative, mine was good, yeah, yours was good. Well, do you think you'll have kids uh maybe. Don't now, it's kind of contingent on the first one so it's a little bit harder yeah to predict true i would say if
1: if the first if marriage works out then yeah i would say so a little theophilus <laughs> theophilus that's his, that's his name's awesome. gonna be theophilus that'd be awesome no, i'm just joking that's i'm just i'm just honestly giving my best guess might not be that way we'll see in 100 episodes do we review all three godfathers by then
0: i think yeah i think so
1: okay do we well re-
0: the only reason why we wouldn't i think is because we would just like uh procrastinate on doing godfather three
1: do we review another marvel movie in the next 100
0: I- i'm gonna say no i'm gonna go bold and say no no of course now i'll be fighting to keep that but what if secret wars comes out we You're, probably will. You already said that's your the answer. thing. I said no. I'm holding with my no, but okay. Yes would be a fair answer. I'm fine if we
1: don't, unless it's like the okay. biggest movie ever.
0: In the next 100 episodes, will we uh, interview a director with more than 10,000 followers on Instagram? <laughs> interview. A director. I'm gonna go yes. Yeah, I think I think we could do that. Uh, if we set that as a goal, we could definitely do that. I'm gonna say because yes. Because 10,000 followers is not terribly. It didn't have to be somebody who's terribly known. It would just be like finding someone who we were genuinely like interested in interviewing. Mm-hmm.
1: In the next 100 episodes, do one of us get in a car accident?
0: <laughs> I don't want to say yes, <laughs> but it could happen. But fortunately, you should all go to Hedman Anglin Agency. Now we- also you can go to an Insurance caddy with 2 dscom uh, look for car insurance there, and uh, you'll you'll be set. So that's our. They've been with us almost the whole time. So Headman mm-hmm. Anglin Agency uh, for your auto, home, and business needs. Yep. Can we do? Do you think we can do the the phone number off the dome?
1: 73 Wait.
0: I I've. Six one
1: four four, six four, four eight six seven three seven seven uh, that's what i want to say seven three seven seven that sounds
0: right we should probably
1: see. we should probably double <laughs> since check we that. said it already we should probably fix it just in case yeah
0: we'll do that
1: um in 100 episodes will you have a
0: house six one four four eight six seven three zero 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 i said seven seven seven, seven so. um i'm gonna say no but Ooh. maybe close close to me okay one I just am not confident in the housing market. Maybe if the housing market takes a downturn, yes. Mm -hmm. In 100 episodes, do you think we get either mentioned by Tim Dillon on some avenue or an interview with him? Definitely not the latter. Definitely not the latter. Um, I was was more thinking that uh, the only way that we could get mentioned is if we were like, Really annoying about trying to get an interview with him, and he was like, "I have these people like he just like complains about it." I feel, uh, like, I feel like he's one of those people where if you, if you meet him, there's like a chance that that you will be he just brunt, tells his he tells his life of a stories. joke, yeah. But I don't think we're interesting enough for that to happen, truthfully.
1: Hmm. In the next 100 episodes, do you think one of us buys a car? that's newer than 2018?
0: Yes. Wow. Bold. I don't think it'll be you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it won't be me.
0: <laughs> Bold. Okay. Um in the next 100 episodes, do you think um do you think either Donald Trump or Joe Biden will be uh the president in the next election? No. Do you think that No. Since I think think Colorado's Supreme Court already took him off the ballot. I said both of them. So you think. um, So so Biden, I don't know why. I went both sides, but. I think think there's a decent possibility Biden's still the president by the time. I would say no. You think he's still alive by the time? Is that (laughs) a bad question? (laughs) No, I don't think so. I mean mean that just because. I think he's already been dead, and
1: we've been doing Weekend at Bernie's this whole time.
0: You're right. You're right. Uh, It's definitely possible. You're right. I think with the Donald Trump thing. People talk some people talk about it like it's like a sure thing he's gonna I just I don't see it happening. Gonna the sure but thing gonna what? Like he's gonna like steamroll the Democratic Party and but I don't What? Know. I feel like th- there's Why too are we many. still talking about it? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. That's what that's what people talk about. I okay let's talk about
1: something it else. It doesn't really matter to me. What in in the next technically it would be three years for hundred episodes and hundred episodes, do you think Um, there's World War three.
0: No, I don't. Not in three years.
1: I don't know why I'm so confident about that. Bold.
0: You're so bold today. Do you think that AI will take a dramatic, you know, when you have an enzyme, it's like a catalyst. Mm -hmm. Do you think there'll be a catalyst for AI in the next three years? I read this book called
1: Superintelligence and it's about how AI would the different theories of how AI would take form and eventually gain power if it were to. And in each theory there's an event that must occur that gives it an advantage over all other living things. And I say all other living things not as if it is a living thing itself. And so it, I think it must happen that way.
0: So, do you think that thing will happen in the next three years? Is kind of what I'm asking. I'm gonna say yes. Bold. bold. That is extremely bold. We'll have to revisit that one <laughs> in 100 episodes. When, when our producer is when, AI. When we we when we just make the it's like AI versions of ourselves <laughs> taking our thoughts. <laughs> like, That'd be nice. We're not even saying them. That'd be nice. Just, it it, save us time. It like makes it, it like makes us funnier and. Uh, it smooths out like the the sort of uh, mistakes and stuff that you make when you're talking. Yeah, that w- that would be super nice. that would be hurt. But it would t- it would take the I don't know. We'd have to be distracted by something else cuz then you wouldn't be doing any actual Do you work. think
1: the sun dies?
0: No, I don't think it dies in 3 <laughs> years. 100 episodes. Of course like a 100 episodes took a whole lifetime, to do the next Do, do you, you think we will re- go to the same like assisted living facility? when we're like 85 and just bring our podcasting podcast with us. Both of our wives are dead. And the, and both of our wives. We outlive both of our wives. I'm not saying I want that to happen. I'm it's just what happens. Just in this It's life. You know? Yeah, yeah. it could happen that way. It's life. It could. Um, and then, it's not like we're going to arrange it. What episode do you think we'd be on if we get that <laughs> far? Well,
1: let's calculate. If we do 100 per 3 years and that is, how old are we now? 21? Yeah. So we're adding sixty years. So that's twenty of those cycles. Yeah. So I'm assuming we go in around eighty-one or eighty-two, because we're about to turn twenty-two yeah. in the next few yeah. months. Yeah. That's fair enough. Um.
0: So what is that? Two. Th- <laughs> Wait. is it a hundred episodes per three years. So two thousand. Yeah, that'd be two thousand episodes. Oh my gosh. Joe Rogan's already at two thousand, like seventy-seven. He's been doing it for like fifteen years. Yeah. So. We we be at a snail's pace compared to him, but but we also started much younger. So true. Yeah, yeah you're right.
1: Maybe so we could do like episode no, two thousand. How many special. movies
0: we would cover? 2000? 2000, 2000 <laughs> movies. Yeah, <laughs> every episode's a new movie. <laughs> uh, if we count the Logan Paul Floyd. Movie oh yeah, sorry, right. one thousand nine hundred
1: ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, plus a couple. Double You'd be features. like, why did you count that one as an episode? I'll uh, be still be ranting about that. I'd be so mad. Yeah, I don't know. That's probably good. I I don't really know what it'll look like. We don't know what the future will look like. We didn't think we'd end up here, did we?
0: No. So No. Didn't know I would have a movie podcast. Didn't know that a lot of things. Didn't know I'd have to say coitus. Yep. And who knows what the future holds for the movie vault. Maybe we'll have our own studio one day. I was trying to write down all the different places we recorded. I think it's like 11 or 12. Oh, really? Over the course of time. Lots of different basements. Different people's houses. Some people when they're on the podcast some people are just letting us use the space house sitting all kinds of different places mm-hmm. so that's the beauty of it we are sort of nomadic but maybe one day we'll have our own space and once we're real adults when we have jobs we're real adults and have jobs and can afford
1: it it's so funny we say that as if like the jobs won't get in the way in some fashion or form of the money
0: yeah well and the fact that we'll have more expenses once we have real jobs it's kind of weird yeah it's like Oh, you have a real job, but then you also have to pay for a lot more things. So, like, you actually have more money? here's your son, little Timmy. Yep, and he needs – somebody needs to feed him. I'm going to buy him Jordans. (laughs) Oh, that would be awesome. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that would be so fun. All right. How do we want to close the vault for the 100th episode? I thought about this. Should we start a new era of different ways to close things? I think we should should make a – do you think we should make an actual sound? Like an official sound,
1: and then use it from one on one to for it uh, going for, on two
0: hundred. Sure. So this is our last. Like, so you're saying we start at one. I don't know. I feel like that's why would we for forego our signature? You're right. It's not us. We're being inauthentic.
1: Yeah. I guess. Yeah.
0: But I, mean, I was also thinking about. I was like, what if we have to be like more professional one day? And then I just think about all the podcasts I've heard, and I'm like. Nobody actually cares if you're professional. What does that even mean to be professional? True. Some of the most successful podcasts are like not professional at all.
1: Tim Dillon spent an hour ravaging about his aunt.
0: Yeah. So uh, then I was like, okay, doesn't matter. Yeah. This is us. Yeah. Yeah, I
1: don't know. Uh, maybe
0: clink. Cheers. Cheers. Sure.